Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In Jersey, In the streets of Union City, to your nighttime radio. Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. From 7 till 11, live, local, and live. Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live, local, and live. And welcome to Tuesday night in New Jersey. Steve Trevelisse, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. we got so much to talk about. Uh, go to nj1015.com and you, you'll, see my, uh, you'll see my articles on uh, the places down the shore, the great clubs that are no longer down the shore, because uh, Main Street left us in Ocean Township uh, while I was on vacation. So much happened while I was on vacation that I am dying to get to. And uh, we're going to start tonight, though, with uh, what everybody's been talking about today. And that was the hit last night on Dalvin Hamlin on Monday Night Football. Buffalo Bills safety, uh, Pennsylvania native. He went to Pitt. He was a um, second-year player on the Buffalo Bills. I think a sixth-round draft choice. He was um, playing because their starter, Micah Hyde, had gotten hurt in the second game. And... Um, Dalvin went in, and last night in the first quarter of Monday Night Football, I am uh, um, not even watching the game. And my son Lennon comes upstairs, Dad, 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 you got to see this, you got to see this, right? They stopped the game. And I'm like, what happened? So it turns out that, uh, you know, Hamlin was making a tackle on Bengals receiver T. Higgins, and uh, he hit him in the chest, and... He makes the tackle, was an average tackle, or just a normal tackle, I guess. And he gets up, and then he collapses. And ESPN, to their credit, did not show the clip over and over and over again last night. In fact, I saw the clip because my son found it on a different website. But what they did, you know, uh, he collapses, and... Normally, you have, you know, you have the ambulance, you have the medics go out there. This time, the ambulance went out there, not the cart, and administered CPR for many, many minutes, trying to uh, bring him back, which they did. And at that point, uh, he's taken to the hospital. The game is stopped. Now... First it was, uh, they're going to give the players some time and get back on the field. Then the players were not going back on the field. Then they went to the locker room. And for over an hour, it took them to suspend the game, which I thought was way too long. I thought that, you know, once, once you realize that he's not coming back and you don't know what his status is, then at that point, we're suspending the game. Everybody go home. Uh, he was taken to the hospital, and, uh, you know, I've got, you know, all the, the statements from the Buffalo Bills, uh, which I will read you. My, Of course, my, my computer went down, but I will get it back for you. Uh, but I want to know your thoughts on it. You know, 1-800-283-101.5. You've had time to process this. You've had time to watch it. We've been talking about it all day long. Uh, everywhere you go, what are your thoughts 
regarding the hit? Why are there so many people, uh, young people, having these injuries in football? Over 2,000, according to the CDC. And uh, how did you feel watching it? If you have kids playing in the game, how did you feel? Now, Hamlin remains in critical condition. According to a statement put out by the Buffalo Bills this afternoon, DeMar Hamlin spent last night in intensive care unit, remains there in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Team said on Twitter, we are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support we received this far. Uh, DeMar had a toy drive, which has over $4 million so far because people want to feel that they can, you know, they want to feel like they've got some kind of control. So what they're able to do, you know, you want to do what you can do. So you give to the toy drive. You give in support. To watch the game, to see the players openly crying, the fear. You know, um, you watch football forever. For as long as you've been watching football, you know. Uh, if you play football, you know what you're getting into. Professional players. Eric Legrand's going to call in later. Uh you know, and of course, he suffered a debilitating injury playing for Rutgers in 2010, where he lost the use of his legs. And, you know, you know the risk going in, but this is something different. This is something on a different level. According to the CDC, it's extremely rare. About 2,000 young, seemingly healthy people under 25 in the United States die each year of sudden cardiac arrest. We don't know what happened. But what are your thoughts on it? 1-800-283-101.5. Steve is in Morristown on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. How you been, bud? I've been good. How about you? What are you thinking? Uh, you, know, it, you know what? I was just telling your screener, um, I was watching that game last night, and as soon as you realized what was going on, as soon as you see that ambulance come out on the field, you knew the the stakes were were launched <laughs> and, and 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 there was something serious going on and once they start talking about CPR and stuff like that but you know you're talking to your screener again you know you the NFL is has become such a violent sport i don't have any kids that ever played football or anything like that but it seems like every year it gets a little bit more violent and you know when i'm watching that thing on tv last night um i thought back to many years ago um, I'm also a NASCAR fan, and with right. the death of Dale Earnhardt, um, that launched a whole lot of safety when it came to the race cars and to the safety of the drivers. I'm really hoping that I'm, – I'm not sure what they could do, but I'm hoping that the NFL could take this opportunity to find some way to make the sport safer for, for kids and the grown-ups alike. Well, the thing is – I get what you're saying. I don't think this has to do with the violence of the game. Because if you saw the hit, it was an average tackle. It wasn't any kind of a bone-jarring hit or something like, oh, my God, I can't believe what he sustained. It was. It seemed to be like a normal football play. He makes the tackle. He gets up. And I'm watching it now. And he walks away from T. Higgins. And then he just collapses. It wasn't yeah. a, a kind of a bone-jarring play that you would think this could have had. You know, this is what did it. We don't know. No, no, and you're absolutely right, Steve. And and you know what? I mean, you can't speculate of you know, how and why why these things happen. But you know, the more you read about it, um, the the hit itself did not look violent, but the the hit itself 
could have knocked his heart into what they call a arrhythmia um, that could be lethal. And Okay, but if that's the case, you can't blame the violence of the league. You know, you can't blame, well, you well, can't no. say, well, the league is so violent that this happened. Well, well, no, but, you know, over the last few years, if, if you recall, the wide receivers, the linebackers, everyone's padding has become lighter. Um, and I'm just wondering if, if the padding has been downgraded to a certain point or if, you know, they had thicker padding over his chest if, his heart would have been knocked into a arrhythmia if that's what happened at all, you know? Well, that's what we got to find out. Steve, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Chris is in Roxbury on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Chris. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How are you, pal? All right. Not too bad. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I can't say. I feel like a lot of people may be thinking it, but I I feel like I I can't help but think, uh, you know, is the vaccine, is the COVID-19 vaccine tied into it uh, in any way as we're seeing a lot of these younger athletes just seemingly to to uh, kind of either pass away or go unconscious, um, you know, and it's not just obviously the professionals, but a lot of young athletes, you know, um, that we haven't really ever seen before. And uh, this was kind of the same case as they just, you know, he seemed fine, he got up, and all of a sudden he just dropped like... So that oh wouldn't God. be football related. That would just be this is something that was going to happen no matter where he was when it happened. Uh, but but here's the thing: uh, as far as as far as is it COVID related goes, what we need to do, and I really believe this, we need to get somebody. We need to, we need to to get that question absolutely positively answered beyond the shadow of a doubt by a team of experts that everybody trusts. It's not out for their own political gain, not out for their own political interest, not out for their own agendas, that we can honestly say, no, this isn't the reason, or there's a possibility, or whatever. But you know what? We don't know, and I'll tell you this, Chris, and, you know, that's, that is an answer that we need to definitively answer for the nation, a nation of kids who play football, a nation of kids who play sports, a nation of people who are forced to take this. So, yeah, let's let's find out that answer. And thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. I'm saying I don't know. But I'm saying if that's the point that is being raised and the nation is asking, then the nation needs that question answered uh, without any kind of political agenda. 1-800-283-101.5. Eric Rand is going to call in. Uh, I got Rick in Indiana hanging out. Your thoughts. 1-800-283-101.5 on what you saw last night. Kenny Pickett tweeted out uh, as well. Damar Hamlin uh, hit playing Monday Night Football, collapsed and uh, needed CPR and remains in critical condition in Cincinnati. Are you ready to work with an agent who has more than put a sign in your yard? Robert Dukansky of REMAX First Advantage will help you get your home sold faster for the most money possible. Gerard wanted to take advantage of the market before it changed any further so that he could downsize, so he called Rob and his team to sell his home in Avenel. No problem. After just 13 days on the market, there were 35 showings, multiple offers, getting the home sold for $390,000, which was $40,000 over the 
list price. Robert Dukansky has superior marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. Rob's multi-million dollar marketing strategy is experienced negotiating contracts, the best offer from the most qualified buyers. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. That's robsellsnj.com or Google robsellsnj. And then you start packing. It's Fast Trap 1.5, Steve Trevelis. Number to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. Saw the hit on DeMar Hamlin last night, Buffalo Bills safety on Monday Night Football. He, uh, he was making a tackle. He gets up after tackling T. Higgins, takes a few steps back, and then collapses. Now he's in critical condition in Cincinnati. And I uh, want to get your thoughts. 1-800-283-101.5. Great article on Eric Legrand by Steve Politi on NG. Com, Rutgers football legend, both on and off the field and in the booth, uh, with awards that would take me all night to mention, but he joins us right now. Eric, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Now, you were home, you're in Avenel, you're watching Rutgers upset Purdue, your phone starts buzzing, as I read in Steve's article. Can you take it from there? Yeah, I'm, I'm all happy watching Rutgers beat the number one team in the country two years in a row in Purdue, and you know, my emotions are all-time high, like, you'd be happy, wasn't it? You see group text messages, like, what just happened? And you go to Twitter, and you're just like, damn, that is horrible. And now we sit here just, you know, hoping and praying that everything is okay with DeMar, and you think about his family. Yeah, and as a fellow football player and one who suffered the industry, uh, the injury that you suffered, what was going through your mind? Uh, every time something like this happens, whether it's a concussion, spinal foot injury, or this was, you know, different next level, something that no one has ever seen. You know, my mind always goes back to when I was laying on that turf and not knowing where my life was going to take me. And then obviously as the time goes on, you start thinking about the family, his teammates and friends, because I remember those moments and talking to them, you know, obviously weeks after my injury and just getting those thoughts on their mindset and their, in that moment. And all you can do is really feel for them because, never want to see that happen to anybody. And then as a football player, it's a tight-knit brotherhood that we all have respect for. So it hurts all of us. Nobody on that field will ever be the same again after being on that field and witnessing it. And you, you know, as, as someone who's having gone through, you know, what you went through, talking to the players afterwards, talking to all the people that were there, you know, what were some of the conversations that you had? What was some of the, you know, some of the life-changing feedback you got from your your players, your teammates and fans? Well, at first I didn't want to... Um play football a lot of them anymore after it happened you said it changes your life forever i was on the other side of it because it happened to me right but from the stories that my teammates told me like it was devastating we didn't win another game that year after we won in overtime that day and people were scared to make a tackle and just they just didn't know what to expect and to see you know one of your guys go down like that like myself it was rough for them and i had to just tell them that everything happens for a reason that you know, I'm going to be okay, and that's what we hope for DeMar, too, that he will be okay. Obviously, mine was paralysis, and my role to recovery is definitely different than, you know, DeMar's. Well, you know, I truly believe in that he's going to be okay. He's going to, you know, wake up and be able to hopefully live a great life. But, yeah, you can feel for your teammates in these moments because those are the ones who are coherent right now. They're the ones that are conscious, and they know what's going on. And, honestly, you know, I, you never wish for anyone to be in a situation like this. 
I'm talking with Eric Legrand. Should the NFL have suspended the game sooner? Like, why did it take an hour? You figure if the player, when the player's not coming back, you don't you don't know what's going on with the player, and you know that you know he's not coming back, or you're not going to get any word. As a player, how could you even resume, even think about resume playing? I honestly think that the NFL knew that they weren't going to play new guys. You saw the players said no very early during this during this situation. I think the NFL wanted to release one statement at a time, and they didn't want to they suspend the game and not give an update on what DeMar was going through. And when I saw, I kind of think they waited, but then if you look at it, they kind of it was a little bit too long because they were waiting for an update to try to say we're suspending the game and here's an update on DeMar. But over an hour, you got you guys, you know, sitting there in the locker room not knowing what's going on. But I have a feeling the NFL knew that they weren't going to play again, but they just tried to hold out a little bit too long for a statement to put it all into one. One message. How long did it take you to be able to watch and enjoy football again? I mean, honestly, it didn't take me long at all. Football, I don't have any animosity towards it. I remember watching the game as much as I could the next week when we played on the road versus Pitt. Right. Coach Shiano called me up right before they ran out the tunnel and said, I love you. And I think I fell asleep midway through the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was, you know, so highly medicated, not knowing what was going on, but I, I was able to continue to watch the game and then. It took me a few weeks to watch my hit. Uh, it was about a month, it probably. When I watched my hit, I said, "Wow, I actually made a pretty good tackle on Malcolm." And you know, that's just the, you know, that I was looking for the bright side of things. But um, yeah, it's uh, I don't have any animosity built up towards football because of the I can't take the lessons that it's taught me, the person that it's made me, the leadership, the family orange. The man you've become, my God, you've done so much. You know, you have, you have made so much, you know, since that time and come so far. You know, I remember you on the uh, red carpet at the uh, New Jersey Hall of Fame, becoming a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Coach Ciano at the Hall. You know, to list, as I said, to list your awards would take all night. Based on your experience and what you saw last night, what would you say to those who are listening now processing the cardiac arrest of uh, DeMar Hamlin on Monday Night Football? This, is a, this, this game is real. These are un, unfortunate injuries that happen, and everyone knows when you strap up the helmet, the risk that you take, but you never think of anything like it until it actually happens, until it changes you. And to know that, you know, obviously, yes, NFL players, they make a lot of money, but they do take a risk every single time they strap up that helmet. To, get, to provide that entertainment for people and to obviously provide a living for themselves, but mainly for their family. A lot of times people realize, oh, that person's rich in that. But you don't know where that person came from and what they've had to go through and endure in their life. And now they're able to provide their family a blessing that not many people can do. Only one person of athletes that actually make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So they're also human as well. So that's where you're trying to think about, you know what? Yes, that person may be making hundreds of thousands of dollars, always and millions of dollars, but... They are human as well, and they have the same emotions. We feel the same way, just as the person next to us. And last night, that humanity, that emotion was brought to home. Eric Legrand, also, best of luck in all you do. Please keep in touch. You know, uh, let's talk more than this. Absolutely. I hope next time on some better terms. You got it. Thanks for calling. Thank you. 1-800-283-101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Eric Legrand, Rutgers legend, talking about the hit on DeMar Hamlin. Your thoughts on the hit on DeMar Hamlin last night on Monday Night Football, if you saw it. And uh, one thing, too, 
it took Eric a long time to watch the clip uh, of when he got hurt. ESPN did not show the clip. They didn't uh, capitalize by like I remember when Lawrence Taylor broke Joe Theismann. They could uh, like, oh, sure. they couldn't stop showing it. Oh yeah, over to their and over. credit, last night they didn't. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. I missed it, and I'm glad I didn't see it because I I, I don't need to. I mean, what this guy's going through and his family and his teammates. That that's that's too much. So you know, I don't need to see it. No, absolutely. It's seven thirty. Now the latest New Jersey news. One hundred one point five. One eight hundred two eight three. One hundred one point five. Steve Trevelis. Monday night football last night. Bills safety Demar Hamlin makes a tackle on Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins gets up, falls to the ground. At that point, medical crews, including an ambulance, come onto the field, perform CPR for multiple minutes on Hamlin. Uh, he's now at Cincinnati Medical Center in critical condition. If you saw the hit, your thoughts, and you didn't, not so much they hit the play, and you didn't see the play because ESPN did not overly show it to you, much to their credit. But what do you think about it? Let's talk to uh, Anthony's on the Turnpike on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good, good. Uh, first of all, thanks for taking the call. Second of all, I want to say, uh, you know, I hope that uh, Tamar Hamlin gets better soon. Your prayers going out to him and his family. Um, Agreed. I'm just calling to... Just calling to say, uh, you know, I heard, I heard one of the callers talking about, uh, you know, is this uh, potentially related to COVID vaccine or not? Um, you know, I'm a six. I've been a high school coach for the past six years, um, three different sports, and this sudden cardiac arrest thing, we train on it every single year, and it has been going on for way longer than the COVID vaccine. I mean, it's been happening for, you know, for way, way since way before I was a coach. 2,000 young, seemingly healthy people under the age of 25 in the United States, according to the CDC. Uh, is it like, where do you coach, Anthony? Uh, I coach in, uh, at Bayonne High School. Okay. And where's that? That's in New Jersey. Where in New Jersey? River from the city. <laughs> uh, right, right across, just, uh, just south of uh, Jersey City. Okay. All right. So that, is it, it's extremely rare, though, that you see it, right? That, like, God, I've never seen it. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, in my school, no one, no one that I know of uh, has seen it, but it certainly happens. As far as the vaccine goes, like I said before, let's let's get somebody that everybody trusts, if that's at all possible in 2023, to give us definitive proof. Someone without an agenda, someone without, you know, just someone that could they could say yes or no, and everybody buys into it like that would happen. But on the other hand of that, if that were the case, then why wouldn't be with all the people that have taken this vaccine in the last couple of years? Why would we only be seeing this one case or these, you know, or these two? related to it you know the, those are questions that need to be answered you would think there would be more but what you're saying is this is this is not common you know what did you make of what you saw last well night? i mean just in my experience but it happens i mean it happens every single year and it happens often i mean the training that we do on it every single year i mean they have documented you know thousands of cases throughout the u.s yeah, every single year, like I said, I mean, I've been... So you're saying every like, single year, thousands of kids get cardiac arrest playing football? That, well, not just football, all sports. sports. All, 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 all sports. And every every what, single sport it's happened in. What causes it? Uh, it's a sudden, it's a sudden uh, arrhythmia to the heart that, you know, stops it from beating. It could be, 
it could be anything. It could be from a pre, uh, you know, pre-existing medical. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I mean, from what they tell us in the training, it could be from a pre-existing medical condition. Could be from, you know, a jarring hit, as we saw yesterday. Um, you know, there's a whole, you know, there's there's a whole plethora of reasons. Right, because um, this is the first time I've seen it. Training. Yeah, I, I'll t- I believe you. Thank God, I, me too. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Uh, let's get Rick in Indiana on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rick. Hey, Steve. How you doing? So, good. You know, the Bills have been uh, minus 80 for as long as I can remember. Um, I actually live in Pennsylvania. I'm just, I drive trucks, so I'm in Indiana right now. Right. Uh, I'm not saying it is the vaccine, and that guy's got more credibility than I do, I guess, but uh, we should at least be allowed to look at that as a good possibility. Well, yeah, have somebody look into it and, and put an end to the question with a definitive answer so that the speculation goes away. A lot of young people, yeah, it seems an awful lot of young people are, are having that happen that I've never heard about like this year. Well, according to Rick, it's been going on forever. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying yes or no. I'm saying I don't know. So if exactly. I don't know, don't then let's. Else. They shouldn't be shut down in the media like they do. They shut people down. For I'm not shutting you down. I mean, I'm just no, giving. No, but you know what I'm saying. I, I realize that you know not everybody has the guts that we have here at New Jersey 101.5, who will take on tough topics and not shy away. I get that, but you know that's why you call here. Richard is in Belmead on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Richard. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm. I'm actually in the medical field, um, so I, I've got a little uh, knowledge about this. First of all, um, a couple callers ago, he was saying this happens very commonly among young athletes. Um, Does it? There are many conditions that can cause a young athlete to collapse. Okay, right. one is car- one is cardiac arrest. Then there are not one condition, but several many conditions actually that can cause a young athlete to have a sudden cardiac arrest. One is this commodio cortis condition that does not require underlying heart disease. It can happen with someone with a normal heart. It's basically um, getting a shock uh, thump to the chest Mm -hmm. that falls on a vulnerable period in the cardiac cycle, in the electrical cardiac cycle. And it's well known to put people into fibrillation. That being said, then there are people that have underlying heart disease that is undiagnosed. Um, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is one that is very, very concerning in athletes. And a good number of high-profile athletes have, have died or arrested with this condition, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Then there are people that have underlying electrical conditions. Okay, that being said, let's go back to the vaccine question, okay, the booster. Um, There are a lot of experts out there, but I don't think anyone knows yet. Um, So that would be probably if the vaccine caused a myocarditis, an inflammation in the heart, okay? Mm. If that did, then that could um, cause the heart function to deteriorate and also... uh, We don't know that. This is pure speculation. We don't. So the way they can the way they can diagnose that potentially is several. Number one, blood tests. Okay, if if there's a lot of heart damage from the myocarditis, then certain markers go up in the blood. But the hooker is when you get the arrest, the heart gets damaged because it's not beating normally and it's not getting blood flow to itself. So those markers may go up. But a but a cardiac scan called an MRI 
could reveal areas of inflammation in the heart. So that's one way to diagnose that. But realize that it's not only the vaccine that can cause inflammation in the heart, this myocarditis, but it can be viruses, including COVID, including other viruses. Even before COVID, we had young people coming down with myocarditis and dying suddenly due to due to other viral conditions. All right, Richard, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. John, hang on, I'm going to give you more time. 1-800-283-101.5. We really don't know, and we won't know until we know, until we get word as to what happened. But hopefully now they'll do the work, they'll do the research in every possible aspect to give us the truth as to exactly what happened with DeMar Hamlin. 1-800-283-101.5, Steve Trevelis. Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker from the New York Giants, will be calling in soon. Does this sound familiar to you? Boy, it took me a long time to get out of bed this morning. Or I certainly can't do the same things I used to before since I'm in so much pain. Or even I went to the doctor and they gave me muscle relaxers and pain pills and told me to follow up in a week. Well, you need to go to Trinity Rehab. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed, same-day appointments, fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it or not doing anything but making you feel loopy or drowsy like other places. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about the EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like the newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall, so you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. Working tonight? Brought to you by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey. Suffering with a gambling disorder or have a loved one who is struggling... Don't waste another day. Call 800-GAMBLER now. They have representatives to assist you 24-7. Call 800-GAMBLER or visit 800gambler.org. Steve Trevelis, 1-800-283-101.5. Talking about Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, who made a tackle on Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins last night on Monday Night Football. He got up and then fell to the ground. Cardiac arrest. He remains in critical condition at Cincinnati Medical Center. All right, this man scored a touchdown for the New York Giants in Tampa Bay in Super Bowl 25, going into the first half, cutting the lead to 12-10. And the following year, in 1991, they play again in Tampa Bay, and this man scores a touchdown in the same exact spot where he scored the touchdown to rally the team again. Stephen Baker joins me. How are you, touchdown maker? I'm doing real well, man, and thanks for remembering that. You told that to me in a bar in Cleveland once. Is that right? You did. <laughs> I was at the Hall of Fame game, and I met you at a bar, and we talked. And in fact, we were hanging out, and people started buying me drinks, thinking I was with you, which I liked. Oh, boy, they thought you were my agent, right? <laughs> exactly. And you and I are going to be together at Pizza Bowl, uh, Pizza Bowl 3, at Red's Tavern on February 4th in uh, Karlstad. And I'm looking forward to that. And so am I, man. I'm glad that you're going to be there, too, because the last time I was a single judge at an event, and you pick the wrong person, everybody gets mad at you. So now they can get mad at both of us. <laughs> well, they can't get mad at you. You scored a touchdown. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, what, were, what were your thoughts last night? You saw, did you see the Did you see the Monday Night Football game last night? Of course, man. You know I'm a big time football fan. Always has been and always will be. And uh, you know my wife and I were watching it, and you know something bad happened when you see the players crying and. 
we didn't want to think the worst, but as the news came out and they told us that he suffered a, a cardiac episode, it just, at, at that point, just like everyone else in the world, football is secondary. Cancel the game. Let's move on. And it, it, the kids wouldn't have been able to play anyway. Right. And why did it take so long to suspend the game? You would figure at that moment, once you see him go into the ambulance and you see CPR being performed before that, you, you put, that game is over. You send everybody home, no? Absolutely. And like I said, the looks on the kids' faces, and, you know, I'm old enough to call them kids. And mm -hmm. like Ryan Clark said earlier yesterday, late last night, that, you know, when you're 24 years old, you don't think that you can die. You know, and every time you play a game, you go out there, it's always in the back of your mind, okay, maybe I could sprain an ankle or break my leg or maybe dislocate my shoulder at the worst, maybe get paralyzed. But those thoughts don't really go into your mind when you're actually playing the game. And to see someone actually suffer a cardiac episode is like everyone's been saying, we've never been here before. And it's, it's just, it's horrible. It makes you pause and like don't even want to watch football for a while you know no and and again i this this to me just seems so unique i don't think this was a football thing i think this was a demar and again my thoughts it's a demar hamlin thing this just happened to him because if you saw the hit it didn't seem like there was anything about it, it seemed like an average football play and he gets away yeah. and he gets up and then he falls down yeah i, I saw it like real time so i didn't have the um I couldn't rewind it with DVR, but my teammates called me, Odessa Turner and uh, Otis Anderson. They have DVR, and it was like, Bake, he got hit in the chest. Was, initially, I thought he got hit in the chin, and it was just a delayed reaction, and he passed out. And, you know, he thought he was going to be okay, but when they told me that he got hit in the chest, all I could think of was what happens to Little League. Unfortunately, baseball pitchers, when they get hit in the chest with a ball, and if it catch you between heartbeats, if I'm not mistaken, that's what causes the, the heart to stop. You played wide receiver. You've taken all kinds of hits. Uh, you know, w w talk about the vulnerability you have being out there. And also, you know, DeMar, who's a defensive back, who has to make the tackle. How dangerous is it what you do uh, when you're on the field in the moment? Well, I didn't really, you know, like I said, when, when you're 24 or 25 years old, you don't think that stuff can happen to you. But as I've gotten older and I think about the rules before they changed them like they are now, going across the middle when my arms were exposed and away from my body and a DB could come and lay you out after the ball went off your fingertips and was still in the air, you were still alive and they could lay you out, meaning they could put their helmet right in the center of your chest. And I didn't, you know, after that happened last night, I thought about my career, like how many times that could have happened to me, and it. thank God it didn't. You know, I've caught some glancing blows on the shoulders and whatnot, but never directly a helmet in the chest. And to be quite frankly, we didn't, I didn't even know you could pass away from something like that. No, uh, and after what I saw last night, what we all saw, you know, what advice, what would you say to people, Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker from the New York Giants, trying to process what they saw last night? Oh boy, it, it's it's tough. That's all I'm gonna say. And and you know we're gonna. It was a freak accident. We know that because we've seen that play gazillion times. And it's don't give up. You know, watching football because the kids are still gonna get out there and play it. But it's I, I really have no words for it, man. It's like you have to um, 
just look at that as a an unfortunate accident, and we all just got to pray for him and his family because at the end of the day, you know, everybody should have known that, you know, you look at Josh Allen, you think he's a superstar and all that. They all look like little kids out there to me, concerned yeah. about their family and brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. And most people don't understand that part of it. And even though you're opponents, you still, you don't want to see that happen to anybody because everybody's living a great life. You know, you're doing something you dream of doing all your life. Right. And now you get that opportunity and you're in a select fraternity that not very many people get to do what we did. And for that to happen and, you know, it's, you know, the kids are still going to go out and try to play this game, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And for them to try to play it the other night when they said that five-minute break, no. anybody that's been on a team sport and saw the way those kids were crying on the sidelines, that, that game, they weren't ready to play that game. You knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, you knew it wasn't going to happen. All right, what we didn't know was that the New York Giants would make the playoffs this year. What are your thoughts on that, Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker? Well, going into the season, uh, to be honest with you, with a new coach, new regime, new general manager, I was a, I would have been happy with a eight and eight season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like gravy. This is like the gravy on the potatoes because no one expected us to be in the playoffs. And these kids, they they fought every game. That's what you have to respect about this new giant team. Um, what Dable's doing, he's got these kids believing. They're always in the game. And that last game against Minnesota, man, that was a great indication of getting hot, even though we lost the game. But they showed great resolve to come back in that game the way they did. And they've been doing it all year. Yeah. You know, we have a little hiccup here and there and playing with, you know, I don't want to say very subpar receivers because they're out there doing the best they can do, but they're getting the job done. And it's, everybody just believes, and that's what had been missing around here for a while. Absolutely. All right. It's the gravy on the pizza, Stephen, not the gravy on the potatoes. Pizza Bowl 3, February uh, 4th, over at uh, Reds up in Carlstadt. Stephen Baker, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. And tell everybody, please come on out and support us, man. It's going to be a great event. The Super Bowl is not played that week. It's going to be the Pizza Bowl. So come on out. There you go. Raising money for Tunnels for Towers. Dominski and Doyle are now available on demand. Shut up. I swear to God. That's ridiculous. Weekday afternoons, Dominski and Doyle are on New Jersey 101.5. But now you can listen to them anytime and anywhere on demand. Is it a big deal? Is it fun? Or is it just like silliness? Subscribe to the Dominski and Doyle show wherever you get podcasts. Or go to our free app and click the on demand button to hear the show. Hey, Doyle, get on that radio. Dominski and Doyle, now available on demand from New Jersey 101. This said WKXW Trenton, WKXW HD. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve Trevelace talking to you till 11 o'clock tonight. Bernie Wagon Blast is coming in at 9 o'clock. An old traffic reporter on New Jersey 101.5 who, uh, Announced on uh, New Year's on Facebook that he was going to uh, transition transgender. And uh, she'll be coming in at uh, about an hour from now. 
Joey Scotty going to be calling in later as well. Mikey Nichols is going to be calling in later. It was nine years ago tomorrow that Mikey suffered the catastrophic uh, hockey injury that put him in a wheelchair since then. Uh, we're talking about, oh, by the way, uh, DeMar Hamlin, the hit on DeMar Hamlin. We're talking about the, not so much the hit, he made a tackle on T. Higgins and then got up and then fell to the ground again, needed CPR, and is now in critical condition at Cincinnati University Hospital. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Oceanport's Kenny Pickett, who went to Pitt, uh, tweeted to his brother, with you every step of the way, three. Uh, they were teammates at Pitt. Of course, Hamlin now with the Buffalo Bills. He replaced Micah Hyde, who got hurt in game two of the season. And uh, here we are. So I want to get your reaction to what you saw last night on Monday Night Football. We got Eric Grand's reaction. We got Stephen Baker's reaction. What is your reaction what, to what you saw? This is a very unusual play. And it stopped the world. It stopped the game. And after about an hour, first it was going to be to take a five-minute break. No, you're not taking a five-minute break. Players are openly crying. People, Players are in shock. People are in shock. You know, you got a stadium full of fans, Buffalo fans, Cincinnati fans, who don't really like each other, coming together in prayer for DeMar Hamlin. And that game was not going to resume in five minutes. That game was not going to resume in five hours. Why it took so long for the NFL to call that game is beyond me. And they're not going to play it this week, so I don't know how they're going to handle it. I would imagine, I would say the best thing, give them, give them each a tie. I don't know. I don't know how this would impact it. I don't really care how this would impact it. But I do care how it impacts DeMar Hamlin, his family, and your thoughts. 1-800-283-101.5. John is in Cherry Hill on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, John. Hey, Steve. What's going on? Not much. How you doing? Hey, um, I'm looking back at all these NFL injuries. Um, Kevin Everett, Utley, LeGrand, Stingley. They're all compression, bone-crushing injuries on their spine and neck. This guy got up. This wasn't a bone-crushing injury. No, this no. was just a normal hit. Yes, and it's been happening in the soccer world, and it's been happening to a lot of young athletes over the last couple of years. So, you know, the only correlation that I see is the mandation of the COVID vaccine. Well, if that's the case, that, that then, somebody, cardio. then somebody in cardio, myopathy, I think, is somebody needs to prove it. If, if this is what you're saying, I mean, I get what you're saying. If this is what you think, again, somebody needs to prove it either way. Somebody that everybody can trust, who doesn't have an agenda, should come out and say, all right, look, this is what we They've found. They've proven it. They've shown that it does inflammation in the arteries. No, I mean that... The seven-year-old kids that got it, that they, they never go. had problems in their life, and all of a sudden they're in the hospital okay. with heart attacks. But again, come oh, come on. You give me come on? You give me come on, I give you goodbye. I mean, come on. No, I'm saying it. <laughs> prove it. Because that's what we need. You know, we need the proof. That somebody's going to come out, run tests, say, look, this is this is what's happening. And if this is the case, and again, we're not talking about general, we're talking about DeMar Hamlin. Let's find out what happened with DeMar Hamlin. And if that had anything to do with it, then we need to know that. 
going forward for everybody. I have two sons that play high school football. You know what I think about this? You know what my wife thinks about this? Watching this, this wasn't like a catastrophic hit. This was a hit. This was a tackle. He got up, and then he fell down again. Sam's in Tom's River on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Sam. Hey, Steve. Sober Sammy. Sober uh, Sammy. What's up? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, I, I agree with you. The game should not be played. Uh, it, it, they should give both guys a tie. Uh, you know, move forward. Now, there might be playoff implications, but I think if they give it a, a tie, uh, it's almost like starting over again. Well, then it means like the game wasn't played. Again, like, it's funny because I don't know how or what they're going to do with it. I know that, um, who's the guy, the reporter, Skip Bayless, uh, talked about the game last night, got attacked on Twitter. But it's okay to hate Skip Bayless on Twitter. You know, that's what they do. Uh, but but again, I, I, I don't get... Um, you know, the, the game is so insignificant, but they really do need to do something. What I was surprised about it, uh, why it took so long, you know, why it took so long for uh, them to call the game. I would have called the game immediately. People are in shock. People, are, they're not thinking about anything else. They're, they're like, what just happened here? You can't focus on football. I don't want to play football. How many more injuries could have been happened because people's minds just weren't on the game? Yeah, that's true. But I tell you, I, I don't know if you saw Herm Edwards. I, I don't know if you know who Herm Ed, Edwards is. I'm a Giant fan who was at Miracle the Meadowlands 1. Believe me, I know who Herm Edwards is. <laughs> yeah, and he was really just very angry, uh, you know, about not caring about the welfare of, of, of uh, what's his name, the, uh, the, the player? DeMar uh, Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin, and, uh, you know, you, you could just see the anger in his voice, you know. and uh, Well, they did yeah, care. I, I mean, I don't know, what, what was they supposed to have done? This wasn't about, did they not care? I mean, he collapsed, they got the, the medical team saved his life. They ran out there, they performed CPR for many minutes. ESPN did not exploit it. They did not, you know, make a big, you know, show the footage over and over again. Instead, they, they went to their announcers, and uh, i got to be honest with you, I mean, Ryan Clark knew what to do. But, but again, I can't fault them for that because you're not trained in that. As an announcer, you know, uh, Troy Aikman and Jack Buck, they're trained in calling the game. Adam Schefter's trained in giving you inside information. Now, uh, uh, Susie Kobler, you know, great host, but, but, but they're not, you know, there's no book on how to handle that. We just may have seen a player die on the field. We don't know if he's still alive. There's no word coming from the hospital. We're not getting any information. Now, go on and talk for 15 minutes. Huh? And what do they do? They kept saying the same thing over and over. Ryan Clark came in. He brought perspective to it, you know, perspective from an athlete. Um, I would have put uh, more and more guests on to get more perspective because people only have so many things they can say. And you want to get things that from people that maybe they haven't thought of, you know, different perspectives. Like this last hour, we got the perspective of Eric Legrand, you know, who suffered a catastrophic injury. We got the perspective of Stephen Baker, who played the game, you know, and we've got more perspective coming up. So you could see the difference, you know what I mean? Different angles to think about it. We've got perspective from a cardiologist. So, and now we've got your perspective. And that's what it's all about. 
The only update that I got was that his vitals are good, and they have a breathing tube down his throat as opposed to a ventilator, which right. is better. You know, the sad part was he lost oxygen to his brain for over nine minutes. Well, they say here, I'm looking at it right now. Now, this is new. This is from, actually, no, this is from uh, 1.42 this afternoon. That uh, he spent last night in intensive care unit, remains there today in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Team said on Twitter, we are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support we have received thus far. Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest during Monday night's game. The game was suspended, but the league said it will not resume this week. So as far as, you know, how that goes, we don't know. Sammy, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. I one 800 I got an open board now if you want to call. Excuse me, just your thoughts. You know, just your thoughts on what you saw last night on Monday Night Football if you watched. Cincinnati against Buffalo, first quarter. Cincinnati's leading 7-3. DeMar Hamlin uh, makes a tackle on T. Higgins. He gets up, and then he collapses. And then the ambulance is rushed out there. CPR is administered for many minutes. He remains in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. Here's New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. Hi, I'm Steve Trevelis. Hi, the number to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. Hope you had a great holiday. You deserve a great holiday. Uh... I took off. I, you don't like those use them or lose them days, you know. Well, I had a whole bunch of use them or lose them days that I figured uh, I've uh, I used before I lost, and it ended up being like two weeks of vacation. And after a while, after a while, my family throws me out of the house. Isn't there somebody you could go talk to? Uh, and Facebook and Twitter and all they just don't do it for me. Uh, I'm on social media. You can follow me at Real Steve Trev with the Twitter polls and all that and on Facebook. And I write a lot of blogs for NJ1015, which you can read. If you go over there, I've got a whole bunch of places at the shore that are no longer there. Main Point closed on December 30th in Ocean Township. So I put that up. And um, the Giants, I believe, should go and beat the Eagles this week. None of this sit-down stuff because... Uh, uh, you don't coach your team to lose after spending all this time coaching your team to win. But that's another topic for another radio station. Uh, but for now, one of the things that, I mean, now, you know, once upon a time, you asked for directions. And when you got your directions, you wrote your directions down. And while you're driving with your written down directions, you're reading from your directions while you're looking and driving on the road so your eyes are on that piece of paper. And then uh, sometimes you're like leaning in, trying to see the signs. Unfortunately, my cousin John Paul lost his life because he was riding a bicycle, training for a marathon between Houston and New Orleans for the Red Cross, when a woman was trying to figure out where she was going and kept leaning in to look at the street signs and didn't see him on the bike and ran him over and killed him. Um, but I bring this up because, you know, when it comes to directions, your eyes can get diverted. But then came up the GPS. And the beauty of the GPS is that all you got to do is punch in where you want to go, of course, hit go, and just listen. It'll tell you when to make the turn. It'll tell you, you know, go past this light and at the next light make a turn. It is that myopic. And it is that God-saving to me, you know. It is, it is one of the greatest inventions known to mankind, you know. Viagra? 
GPS. You got anything else? You tell me what you want. Uh, but anyway, uh, now comes the guy who got a ticket for punching in his passcode, his six-digit passcode, to the GPS. And that has been deemed illegal. State appeals court has clarified what has been long a gray area in New Jersey's anti-texting while driving laws. Eric Scott's got the piece on NJ1015.com. The court essentially ruled that while it is lawful to open up your app on the phone for for navigation while driving, tapping in the password on the app is illegal. Come on. Come on. So, apparently... A cop saw Michelangelo Triosi, which is a great name, by the way, who was driving in Princeton. A police officer saw him using his phone. He was pulled over, given a ticket for texting while driving and fined $206. He appealed, claiming that he only opened the Google Maps app on his phone and typed in the password. He said he told the police officer who stopped him what he was doing, and he was given a ticket anyway. Now, imagine, like, if you get pulled over for texting while driving, the police officer, I mean, if it were me, I know you got your rights and all that, but if it's me, officer, I wasn't texting. Here, here's my phone. What do you want to say? I'm going to pull up my text. You could take a look. I wouldn't give him, I wouldn't give him the phone, but I would, you know, if you want, if you don't believe me, uh, but that's me. Uh, but at this point, when you figure, like, if you're the police officer, all right, let me see. Let me see. You, you really just, you put in your code. All right. Yeah. Don't do it again. I don't know that he, unless the guy was mouthing off to the guy, unless there was some kind of a thing going on, you know, you wouldn't uh, make a big deal out of it. 1-800-283-101.5. But how do you feel about this? And what I want to know is, you know, have you ever been given a ticket for texting while driving? What were the circumstances? How much did it cost you? I got a ticket for being on the phone while driving. It cost me $134. And I hate the idea because I don't think there's any problem talking on the phone while you're driving. I think if you, you know, holding a handheld cell phone, which I was, you know, you got it. You're resting your arm on the door. You got your hand up and, and, and you're, you know, you're listening uh, on the phone, and you're driving, and and you know you you, you just want to be put in the right mood because you never know who you're going to be talking to, and sometimes there are people that you can talk to who will put you in that mood, and that person is about to come on the air with me as soon as he gets done talking to my producer. But you know, have you ever gotten in trouble for texting while driving? And should this police officer? Have given this guy a ticket if all he did was punch in his six-digit passcode. 1-800-283-101.5. Okay, I think I'm going to get him now. There he is. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. What is going on with you? I never had a bad day in my life. What about you? Well, you know, it's 2023 now. Let's say it's a new year. That's it. Question, Steve. What's that? Here's a question. Yes. Why do we say someone turns up missing? Are we doing George Carlin now? Why do we park on the driveway and drive on the parkway? Are these the questions we're going to contemplate? Do you turn up or are you missing? Which is it? 
That's pretty good. I see you had a lot of time to meditate over the holidays, to think deep thoughts. And who named this planet Earth? A guy named Melvin Earth, who wanted to preserve his name. Actually, it was for his son, whose middle name was Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It was actually his first name was Earth. The second name was Shoes. Remember Earth Shoes? This was Earth, Melvin Earth Shoes. So, and I'm police officers. Let's put this out there first. Yes. That officer who gave that measly ticket yes. has never been in a shootout or a tussle or anything life-risking. Yes, we have. There's no way that uh, uh, an officer, seasoned officer who's been in all kind of stuff with waste of time on a ticket of that nature. They just, they just wouldn't do it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, what do you got to break the guy's stones for? Leave him alone. It's a six-digit passcode. No, not you. I'm talking about the guy. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Come on. You think about all the times that that cops have let people go, you know? And there's one time, obviously, I'm punching in a a six-digit code so that I can get where I'm going rather than look at a map, rather than do some of the other stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's ridiculous. And you know what people do in New Jersey and everywhere? When they see a cop has someone pulled over, they speed. That's the best time to speed when he's got somebody pulled over because he can't mess with you. No, no, dude. It has been it has been my experience, which drives me crazy, that when cops see when you see a cop pulling somebody over, people will slow down. They're like, what do you think he's gonna do? Wait here, I'll be right back. I gotta get that guy. Yeah, yeah. you're right. If anything, drive, wave to the guy, honk and laugh, point, but don't yeah. slow yeah. down. Yeah. Or you get the nosy busybodies. They got to see. Oh, is he got anybody I know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? What is that about? People slow down to see who's getting a ticket. Like, and then what if you do know him? Then what? Yeah, yeah man. I saw you, uh, Steve. I saw you got the ticket today. You all right? You get the wave point and laugh. Ticket. No, you take a picture. You put it on Facebook. Like when he was down there. Hey. How was your holiday? It was good, but I got to hit the nose. All right, brother. All right, kiddo. Keep in touch. Vince, don't go anywhere. 1-800-283-101.5. You ever been given a ticket for distracted driving? Should a guy get a ticket for distracted driving if all he's doing is punching in his passcode on the GPS? It's 830. Now, the latest New Jersey. New Jersey weather brought to you by Veteran Care Services. Did you know that senior veterans and their spouses may qualify for a veteran pension plan that could pay up to $2,200 a month for your medical care? See if you or a loved one qualifies, call Veteran Care Services now at 1-888-E-Veterans. That's, uh, that's my cousin, Brucey, Bernie. E-Veterans. Bernie Wagon Blast is in the house. Good evening. Up to you. Good evening to you, my friend. Good to see you. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah, I would say so. I want to bring you in with a nice traffic topic. Okay. Okay. And this is the uh, this is the, the cop that gave a guy a ticket uh-huh. for punching in his six-digit passcode on his GPS. Oh, okay. Texting while driving. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. <laughs> or, or as we say on The Yard Couple, Aristophanes. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Best thing about the New Year's Eve is the New Year's Eve marathon in Channel yes. with the Octopole. <laughs> got me through the night. All right, let's go to Vince in Red Bank on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Vince. Vince, you there? Hello, Vince. 
Steve, how are you? Ah, there you are. I thought maybe you left. What's happening, my friend? Buona Natale. Buona Natale. Yes, yes. And I love that name, too, by the way. That guy has a great name. The one you mentioned, Michael. Michelangelo uh, Triossi. Yeah, what a great name. Yeah, really. So, uh, I, yeah, I actually uh, have experience being pulled over right. um, with my cell phone in my hand while I was dialing a number. And luckily, I was given a warning um, for whatever reason. But the police officer did say that their concern more than uh, dealing with a DD, you know, DWI situation is someone texting, distracted driving. So I do feel, yes, they should issue tickets in that case. But, but uh, come on, how long could it take, Vince, to tap in six numbers? He's not like you know. He's not. He's not texting. You know, a long conversation, right? He's not doing emojis and LOLs and all. He's doing his six-digit passcode so that he could get where he's got to go. I see the point. However, it takes one split second to lose a focus. That's my opinion. Okay. So I, 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 I do see it. Uh, I think you know there could be an argument, but I do. I think overall, at the end of the day, I think if you're distracted whether it's a second, two seconds, or three seconds, it could potentially be you know, a serious problem. But if he's got the map across the steering wheel with the diagrams and he's trying to figure out where he is, right, or he's trying to read the map, that's okay. True point. Right? I, I agree. I see your point, too. And by the way, I'm sorry to hear about your cousin. No, thank you, man. That, that happened. Um, that happened about six years ago, and it really was sad because here's the guy's training. He was a, he was 57 years old, and he was an athletic nut, and he was actually training for a Red Cross ride from Houston to New Orleans. He lived in Texas, and the woman was trying to get. She was a party planner. She was trying to get directions, and she's actually leaning in, you know, driving the car, trying to read the street signs. And what happened was the car just veered. She never saw him. And it's so sad because it never should have happened. Sure. For, for, for everybody, it's a tragedy. And yep, absolutely. when it was all said and done and the woman came out of court, um, my cousin's son, my cousin, his son, Chris, yeah. called her over and gave her a big hug. And she uh, broke down and cried. It was a very, very touching scene. But yeah, but Vince. I'm sure it was. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Matt in West Deptford on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Matt. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Ah, can't complain. Well, it's early yet. Good, but no one will listen. <laughs> Give it an hour. Give it an hour. I'll ask you again. Yeah, it is. All right, so what happened? So, I mean, you know, so as I was listening, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, these new cars that we have. Right. Uh, the center console is basically a television. Yeah. I yeah, exactly. All day long. I literally dialed your phone number while driving. Well, my center console. And so, nobody said anything. I mean, what's the difference? And no one, And again, I, I'm not going to get pulled over for that. I got pulled over for putting my phone in the cradle. You did? Like, I, yeah. So how, I, wait, how does that happen? So you're driving down the road. How did the cops see you put the phone back in the cradle? So, so this is what happened. I was coming from, so I was, I was going from Deptford to West Deptford. Just bought my house in right. 2019. Right. Just had bought it. Right. And I was going to Walmart there in Deptford, over there at the Deptford Center. Right. Uh, off of Clements Bridge Road or whatever. And I was coming down, uh, I believe that's called Cooper or Delaware. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, so I was right there by the Deptford Police Station. Right. Didn't even think a thing about it. Didn't even matter. Whatever. I hit a bump. I have an old car, uh, my older car. Um, 
The phone fell off. It was one of the magnet ones. It fell off of the cradle. It fell off of that. And right. it fell onto the floor, and I was at a stoplight, and I was stopped. That's the other thing. You were stopped? Right, right, right. Stopped at the little do not do not uh, block box kind of thing, right by the Deford police. Right. I bent over in the, in the uh, floorboard, picked my cell phone up, put it on the cradle, and a cop was coming out of the West Deford, or out of the Deford police station, pulled me over right there, and said, you were texting and driving. I was, I was like, officer, I was putting the phone on on the thing literally just moved to new jersey did you offer to show him your text your text string i was like you can look at my phone i wasn't doing nothing on it. i wasn't even i wasn't even talking on it right. i wasn't nothing it I, nothing was going on and I, you wouldn't look at it goes, I, hey, well he said he said oh there, we got this grant to where we got to start pulling over more people on their phone oh, i hate that this whole long spiel about whatever, and he goes, they're hot and heavy. It was like a two hundred and fifty-five. Yeah, but that's not your problem. You didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I got out of it though. So it's how'd you get out of it? But uh, so I, I, I had a Illinois driver's license right. and an Australian driver's license because I just moved here from Australia, and I because I was there for about four years. Okay, and I come and I just I wrote a letter to the to the judge. Uh, the Australian I, judge? It was a it was a mandatory court appearance in Jersey at that time in It was a mandatory oh, court appearance in New Jersey. Right. So I just wrote this letter, you know, and and made, I mean, I lived in West Effort. I didn't change my license over just yet. None of that stuff. Right. So I gave a copy of my driver's license in New Jersey or for Illinois and my driver's license of Australia, and said, "Hey, I just moved here from out of country." Didn't know this was a law. Didn't know I couldn't put my phone in the cradle. Not saying I didn't have have my phone in my hand right. because I did because I put it in the cradle. Uh, just you know, tell me what my fine is. And they came back and said, "No, you're good. We're not going to make you pay a fine." So they finally let you out of it. They let me out of it, but still, if I That's was ridiculous. a New Jersey resident with a New Jersey license, they wouldn't have got. I wouldn't have gotten out of it. No, you know, this is what people have to do. They have to go to Australia to get out of tickets in New Jersey. Yeah, and, right. the, and the phones in the cradle and the silvers. <laughs> it's hard, but you know what, Matt? That, that's that's New Jersey. What can you possibly say? One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Distracted driving because a guy punches six digits into his GPS code. Should the cop have let him off? Should this really be a law? Should we not give him a break? One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Have you ever been uh, arrested, ticketed for distracted driving? What were the situations? Does this sound familiar to you? Boy, it took me a while to get out of bed this morning, or I certainly can't do the same things I used to before since I'm in so much pain, or even I went to the doctor, doctor and they gave me muscle relaxers and pain pills and told me to follow up in a week, we need to go to Trinity Rehab. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed, same-day appointments, fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it or not doing anything but making you feel loopy or drowsy like other places. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, and frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three, five minute sessions. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. You can listen
listen on New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelis, back from vacation. Missed you the last two weeks. Sitting home with no one to talk to. My family don't talk to me. My ratings at home is zero. Women, 2554, zero. Kids, 15 plus, zero. So I come here. And they can't wait to see me come here. They were so happy tonight. Dad, you going to work? All right. All right. Uh, so a guy named uh, Michelangelo Triosi uh, is driving down the road in November of 2019. He's driving through Princeton. A police officer saw him using his phone. He was pulled over, given a ticket for texting while driving, fined $206. He said he only opened Google Maps on his phone and typed in a password. Told the police officer who stopped him what he was doing. He was given a ticket anyway. That is a provision in the law that states the definition of hands-free use shall not preclude the use of either hand to activate, deactivate, or initiate the function of the telephone. It was on that basis that Triosi claimed he should not have been given a ticket. I say he should not be given a ticket. The court disagreed. Triosi got the ticket. Went beyond what could be defined as activation or initiation under the law. Should he have gotten the ticket? Uh, have you ever been uh, ticketed for distracted driving? What were the circumstances? Do you have a problem driving a handheld or driving while talking on a handheld cell phone? I think that should be that should be completely legal. When you think about all the things you can do, which we'll get into after we talk to Bruno in Ocean County on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Bruno. Hey, good evening. How are you? Wait a minute. Let me pull over and stop so I can talk to you. And do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. Okay. <laughs> and stand on one foot. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm on vacation, too. I'm back here from living in Florida for a year. And I have to tell you, it's a wonderful feeling not living in a police state. Because New Jersey has more policemen per person than any other state in the country. Yeah. And... We passed laws legalizing marijuana, but 30% of arrests up to that point were marijuana arrests. So why do we need these extra officers now? Why aren't we tasking down? Why aren't we losing police? Why are we putting more on when a third of these arrests were for something that's legal now? So they're justifying their existence. That gentleman from Australia put it perfectly. But that was, yeah, because the guy got a grant. And he's got to find, right. he's got to find, you know, they got to make money. It's a business decision. It's a, when you do that, when you give the police officers a grant to give out tickets, you're basically making a business investment. So, I, I mean, it, look, I mean, uh, one of the things I left New Jersey for was to escape these taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, in Florida, cops chase criminals. They don't harass citizens. And coming back to New Jersey, I pass more police in a, in a half-hour drive than I pass in a, a week in Florida. Uh, they don't lurk and uh, prey on the citizens uh, in other states. Yeah, no, I, you know, I've never had a problem with it. I don't think they're lurking and praying. I think they just got a job to do. And I'll tell you, that it's, it's tougher being a police officer now because of all the laws that have been given pro-criminal. That no matter what they do, they can't seem to win us. And many officers are taking the early retirement or bailing because it uh, isn't even worth being a cop. Listen, it's not a matter of being pro or anti-cop. It's a matter of taking your municipal government in hand and stopping these unions from essentially driving everybody's taxes up with these ridiculous pensions. There's too many cops in this state. Well, the pension is another. The pension is another story. I come from a family of firemen, firefighters, and you know your the the pension. We can't get the, enough firefighters. We need more of those. 
Well, now the problem is if you want to go firefighters, the problem now is that volunteer firefighters is really hard to find, and they're closing firehouses. You know, because, you know, because they just can't find enough. And why? Because people now have to work two, three, and four jobs just to be able to make it in New Jersey. And they've got kids, mm-hmm. and they've got lives, and, and it's hard and to find the time and to risk your life for nothing that a lot of people want to do it. Coming back around to all the pensions that are on our backs right. from un- unnecessary employees. Well, the police and firemen pay their own pension. They contribute to their own pension fund. That's a different. That's different than the rest of the state workers. But I'm not really looking to get into a pension discussion now. But thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. How the hell did we get the pay? You know, you, you, Bernie, you see the way this show goes, Bernie? You start off, right, with a nice little thing here. Next thing you know, you ever get ticketed for uh, uh, texting while driving? Did you ever get ticketed for texting while driving? I have never been ticketed, period, for anything. Get out of here. What the hell I invite you down for? <laughs> I've only been pulled over twice. Only been pulled over twice. For what? One time because one of my rear lights was out. Right. And the other time was because I missed a sign that said no vehicles beyond this point. Oh. <laughs> what was the no vehicles beyond this point? The parking lot? No, you Kane can't University. go in. Kane University. Kane? My wife, my wife graduated Kane University. Okay. She was I should have the, dropped her name. She, you see that? It would have worked, right? I mean, whatever. I tell her, you know, drop the cleavage. She always says. one 800 Have you ever been ticketed uh, for distracted driving? And uh, where do you stand on this? Bob is in Monroe, a New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Bob. Hey, how are you, man? Love the show. Long-time listener. All right, Bob, what are your thoughts on the matter here? Listen, you know, the distracted driving, the cell phone, I, uh, the big thing, it's not so much the phone calls. Right. It's the other stuff. It's the social media and it's the texting. Um, I agree with you. But if you're holding a phone and you're driving, I'm comfortable. Honestly, God, Bob, I'm comfortable driving, phone in my ear, just having a conversation. I'm actually more focused. And if anything happens, I drop the phone. I can't drop a sandwich. I couldn't drop a hamburger or a cup of coffee. And, and I, you know, and even, even if you want to talk into it, if you want to hold it, uh, I mean, I guess I know what the law says and, but you know, what title 39 says, but the, uh, I mean, the cars today between Bluetooth, so you want to hook up to your USB, it's so clear coming over the car, the talking on, it's not the issue. It's no different than talking to a passenger in your car sitting next to you. Right. Um, it's that it's, it's definitely 100%. It's a reaction time to taking your eyes off the road to do a long to do a message. I don't care if it's just saying, hey, and I I'm get on my that. way home. Yeah, and I get that, because that is dangerous. Uh, you know, but go ahead. What, what are your thoughts on this matter, though? Guy punches in a six-digit code on his GPS. Would you have given him a ticket? I, You know, I, I guess it would have to be the totality of the circumstances of being on that stop. Um, maybe if I don't know the guy's demeanor that was out there. I don't know if the officer exercised discretion at the time, or if he's even allowed to, or did had the opportunity to issue a discretion at his point. Um, and again, maybe if he's on a grant run at that time, where the state, like you said, you nailed it earlier, that he had grants that he had to run and be part of, and they, you know, there's no quotas. That thing's been that's been debunked right for many many years. Um, so I think I think there's a lot to it that we don't know on the stop. Um, I'm, I was never really a heavy-handed guy when it came to writing summonses. You sound like a good driver. guy. And you know, kind of, I'll let you write your own ticket. I mean, and that's where it's at. Um, I will say, 
Uh, if, if I never have to see it again, it'll be great seeing that half-written message at a, at a really bad injury or, if not worse, fatal car accident. You see that phone down there, and, and you do see the message that they were writing to it. Oh, my God. That's a good point. And and it's I'm, I'm not going to lie. It it. It, 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 it crushes you. It, it's, it doesn't matter how many times you see it or how many times you're on it. Um, no. And, and the offsets out there definitely seen it. All right, Bob, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Great point. You know, and there's a difference between leaving a, a long-winded text message and just punching in a six-digit code so that you could use your GPS. But another thing, too, I'll say, you know, what Bob made me think of, when you are getting pulled over, I don't know what happened in this situation, be nice to the cop. Chances are he'll be nice to you. Uh, Phil's in Lakewood on New Jersey 101.5. Phil, your thoughts? Yeah. Hey, Steve. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Great. It's like like when smartphones first came out, the good thing is I never developed those bad habits of texting and driving and being on the phone because I, I drove a car with a stick shift, and that is the biggest distraction to keep you away from developing bad habits and like with somebody getting a ticket for punching in a code my my mom was in new york city she was going toward the approaching the lincoln tunnel to go into new jersey and the cop just tapped on her windshield and, but she had a pba card so she got out of the ticket ah the get out of jail free card all right all right phil thanks for the call to new jersey 101.5 do they still make stick shifts I think there are a few. Really? I, not a lot. Do you know I, how to drive one? I did drive one in the past. You did? Yeah, long, long time ago, back in the 70s. What would you drive? Well, it was a company car. It was a Volkswagen Beetle. That's what I had. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. That was a crazy stick shift. <laughs> was that the half shift? Uh, the, oh, the automatic was like a stick shift? It was. They, they told, the way I learned, they said, go out in the parking lot and drive around, which is not too hard to learn <laughs> but when you come to that first traffic light and you're stopped and you're going uphill uh -huh. and you have to move your feet between you need three feet between the gas pedal the brake and the clutch uh -huh. <laughs> it uh -huh. just doesn't work i had a <laughs> especially Volkswagen. when you're brand new at it i had the beetle and it had the the cable that came from the back of the engine right and the cable used to you know the cable would come up and it would go into that behind the gas pedal it would insert into that hole and the gas pedal pressed it down as i worked okay so what would happen is the link that would go into that gas pedal would fray. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where I was using Wonder Bread twist ties to like <laughs> bend it back, <laughs> twist it in. And at one point, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cutting school with my friends, and I'm trying to make a K-turn. And I hit the bread, and the thing comes loose. And uh, my friend Fred is in the back seat. Come on, the, bus is, the school bus is making attorneys coming around. Get us out of here. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Step on the gas. Here, you step on it. <laughs> Did not go well. Heading out tonight? Take us with you. Fast traffic, instant weather, Jersey news, and Jersey views. It's all here. Weeknights on New Jersey 101.5. XW Trenton, WKXW HD. All right, 1 800 283 101.5, Steve Trevelis. It's all right. It's all right. You and me till 11 o'clock tonight. We'll get you through the night. 1 800 283 101.5. Did you uh, make a New Year's resolution? It's January 3rd. Have you broken your New Year's resolution now? It's January 3rd. I gave it a good shot, right? <laughs> I've decided to give up munchies. That didn't work. You know, uh, I got um, my producer, Ryan Bissell, 
is in here. Bernie Wagon Blast is with me here. Uh, and, and he comes in and he says, would you like some homemade brownies that my girlfriend made? And I'm thinking, yeah, this is great. And then he says, and I'm thinking to myself, well, it's 2023, <laughs> brownies. <laughs> Next thing I know, Ryan Purcell will be sitting here, and I'll be out of work, and he ate the brownies, right? So I go, are they marijuana? He goes, no, 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 no. They're, uh, they're, non-dairy. they're with non-dairy brownies. They're delicious, by the way. And then he says to me, is it okay? Uh, do you mind that I touched one with my hand and put it on your plate? And I'm like, well, I never even thought of that. But this is the generation. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, when you had the bag of potato chips, everybody stuck their hand yeah. in the bag of potato chips, right? You know? Um, I, I go back even further. You, you bought a soda, and then you passed it around, and everybody drank the soda, right? Now it's, uh, I want you to have tongs in your pocket, and you touch them like that. Big tongs. But honest to God, they're delicious brownies. So uh, a lot of people made New Year's resolutions this year, and who's going to give up drinking, and who's going to go on a diet? Well, my friend Bernie Wagon Blast decided that he would give up his manhood. <laughs> I guess. For, Didn't think of it that way. For 2023, <laughs> and uh, and I say this with love. So so now tell me a story. You decided to uh, finally be you know become transgender. Well, I didn't decide to be Did I say, Am I saying this right? Because Julia Scotty will beat me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, be, I didn't decide to become transgender. I have been transgender all of my life. Decided to come out as transgender. Yes, to, to transition. Transition. Um, to, to live as a female. So okay. that is what I decided to do starting January 1st. But I've known this about myself since I was four years old. Really? Yeah. And why did it take, because why did it take so long? I mean, you know spring chicken, right? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Neither um, am I. <laughs> well, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. Right. And you just couldn't, you couldn't share that back then. There's no way. Nobody came out as a kid or a teenager that I'm aware of. Right. Um, so, and there were very few adults that came out. And I always thought that this was something that I could suppress and keep under control for all of my life. But starting around 2017, it started to become something that was much more difficult to suppress. And so I started taking gradual steps and seeing how did each one of those steps feel. As I took each step, I would stop, see how it felt, and decide whether I felt I needed to go on to the next step. And that's how I ended up with uh, January 1st, 2023. So now up until that point, you know, you had wife, kids, grandchildren, which you still do. Mm-hmm. And now at 2017, like what was, what? first of all, how did you, how did you deal with that? Or, you know, uh, you know, de- deal, how did you deal with having a family feeling the way you do? Well, and I asked this very innocently oh, no, because no, I just got don't know. No, um, it, it has been, that is the toughest part of all this. Um, before I asked my wife to marry me, way back in 1980, right. I did tell her about myself. And I didn't use the word transgender because most people, including myself, were not aware of that word back then. Right. I just told her that I'd always felt as if I wanted to be a girl was the best way to, to phrase it. Right. But I also told her that I didn't anticipate that I would ever do anything about that. It would just be something that was inside me and that I would think about, but not something that I would ever act upon. But it has a way of uh, rearing its ugly head as you get older and making itself uh, louder and louder, so to speak. And 37 years yeah, later. Yeah. 
and she knew what she was getting into, mm-hmm. right? And, well. and and your love continues to grow, mm-hmm. right? And you're still together, and for th- you know for thirty seven years and children, so you know it, it's so it sounds like a great marriage. Yeah, I would say it has been a wonderful marriage. Okay, and so what, what was this, what was the first step you took? Like you said, you took steps. Mm-hmm. What was the step in twenty seventeen? The first step I took was to start taking estrogen. Estradiol, um, in the lowest dose possible. Right. I wanted to see if that would be enough to sort of calm those feelings, to suppress it a little bit more again. But unfortunately, it did not do that. And there were, again, different steps that, that went along. Um, you know, a, a year ago this past December, I legally changed my name to Bernie, which is the name I've always gone by. Yeah, we all know he was Bernie. It wasn't my legal name, but it oh. was it was the 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 name that everyone knows me by. But Bernie can also be short for Bernadette. Right. So <laughs> I figured, well, that's that's an easy way to do that. Right. Um, you know, but there's also some some strange things that happened along the way. Way back in 1992 or so, um, I had to get a new passport, and I was born in Elizabeth. Right. So I went to Elizabeth City Hall to get a copy of my birth certificate, and I get it. And what do I see on the birth certificate? But in the box that says sex, they had typed the word female. So okay. <laughs> the universe has a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Act of God. <laughs> you see? It's preordained. Okay, and what was the next thing? Oh, let's see. I, You know, when I changed my name, um, I changed my birth certificate. And right. so now my, my the state birth certificate supersedes the one that was in Elizabeth. That now says female. I uh, My driver's license says female on it. Um, the hormones increased in terms of the, the quantity that I took of those. Uh, you know, obviously therapy was, was part of this all throughout this, this period. So it's a lot of, a lot of things uh, that, that you do along the way. Now, when you say therapy, is it therapy for you as well as therapy for your family? Well, um, or your relationship with them hasn't changed. The therapy, the therapy is really between the therapist and myself. Right. Um, you know, in terms of other people being involved with it, that's that's a different person. But the the main therapy is between the therapist and myself. And the reason you do this is to to be happy. Right. It, it's it's I wouldn't even say to be happy. I would say that it's the alternative is depression and potentially worse. I'm very fortunate in that I've never felt any need to harm myself. A right. lot of people do who are trans, but I've never felt that. But I was concerned that if I did not address this, that that it could turn into that at some point. It's a very, very courageous move for you to address this well thank you uh honestly and then you know how hard was it for you you know to to make that decision it was it's a decision that was 37 years in the making well yeah and even longer um because like i say i've i've known about this from earliest childhood so it was something i've always dreamed about but i never thought was possible um so it's it was a gradual step it wasn't just one night I woke up and said, oh, let's let's do this. This would be fun. No, it was something that, that took t- a lot of years to uh, to consider. And all your friends, you know, your friends in traffic, you know, your friends in life, your family, they all kind of knew, or was there anybody surprised? Or was it kind of like, well, we all know Bernie, and this is <laughs> this is kind of like, well, you know, uh, oh, really? Like, <laughs> what else is new? Like, what was the reaction? Well, uh, in terms of coming out, 
that was also a very gradual process. Um, first group I told were my kids, and they're adults now. They're all married. So I told them that was the first group. And then I started telling some close friends. And it wasn't until just a few days before New Year's that I shared this widely on social media with the universe of people that know me. Right. So it, most, of my, most of my friends outside my close friends were not aware of this. They were surprised, most likely, when they read it online. Wow. At 1-800-283-101.5, Bernie Wagonblast in studio has transitioned to transgender, and uh, she's going to be here for a while, and I want to hear your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. Have you ever come out as transgender, transitioned? Do you know anyone that has, or have you ever come out? Uh, What was your experience like? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. Here's New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. Point five, Steve Trevelis, one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Bernie Wagonblast in studio. You may know him as the traffic reporter. Now you know her as Bernie Wagonblast. <laughs> Didn't have to change your name. No, that, that made life a little bit easier. Just the pronouns. Yeah, I like that, right? <laughs> as of January first, Bernie Wagonblast has transi- transi- transitioned to transgender. Transition. Transgender is an adjective, okay. so it's not a noun. So you transitioned? Yes, I transitioned. I don't need the word transgender. No. no. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Wagonblast has transitioned. <laughs> as far as you people with the transgender, forget. <laughs> you know what I love about you is that I can make these jokes and not have to worry about offending you. No. Because you were saying, like in your Facebook post, listen, it's going to be awkward for everybody, mm-hmm. but I get it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let's all bring this in for a landing. Right. And as long as somebody's not intentionally trying to be hurtful, I'm cool with that. I understand. It's, it's tough for everyone. We're all transitioning in a sense. Yeah. Uh, were there any funny stories? Uh, were there any funny, like, any funny stories about people that you told or, you know what I mean, or just uh, circumstances? Um, I think, you know, just a lot of people, because I have a reputation for being a bit of a, a jokester, right. they thought that I was pulling their leg, that mm. this was some elaborate joke. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, I've, I think I've convinced everybody that this is not a joke, that I'm, <laughs> this uh, is not April Fool's. <laughs> and you got a lot of support. Yes. I, when I posted it on, on, on I social saw. media, I would say 99.9% of the comments were positive. So I was amazed at that, very thankful for that. Was there anybody that you told that you were figuring, oh, they're going to kill me? Yeah. And, and, and you were surprised by the reaction. Like anybody that like, they didn't, or they were happy, you know what I mean? Like they got it. Or is there, or is there anybody that just, you know, really didn't get it? Oh, I'm sure there are some that, that don't understand. It's very difficult to explain this. If, you don't, if you're not transgender yourself, it's okay. very difficult to explain to somebody else why you would even consider doing something like this. So I think it's that part of it is still a mystery to a lot of people. But even my friends who are most conservative right. had no problem. You know, whatever you need to do to be happy, we support you. So I've been very thrilled by that. Yeah. You know, that that's the best part of it. You know, like, how did it feel knowing? Like, you had to be afraid. Oh, yeah. Is, am I going to get accepted? Mm-hmm. And then to get the acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, how did that feel? This is the scariest thing I've ever had to do without. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, I, I came out at a public meeting 
in Cranford, my hometown, back at the end of July. Right. And because that was the first time I had ever told a group of people, some of whom I didn't know, I had a hard time keeping it together because it was such a big thing. And then the first time walking out my front door with female dress um, was also extremely scary. But, uh, you know, I went <laughs> Did to any see- women say, now you know when we go true. <laughs> now you know what oh, it yeah. feels like. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. I'm getting a much better appreciation for some of that. <laughs> I imagine, right, it had to be expensive. We were changing the wardrobe over oh, too, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a work in progress. <laughs> and you took the old clothes, you put them on Facebook, or did you go to Goodwill? They are still hanging around. Still hanging around. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I'm not quite, there are some that can be kind of androgynous and work either way. <laughs> you know, uh, but you see, like, the thing I love about you, Barney Wagonblast, is that you came out on Facebook, you know, and you told everybody exactly how you feel and why you were doing this, and you relaxed everybody, and it was a beautifully written piece that I've got at nj1015.com. Whereas some people, when they came out, Mm -hmm. they go on national television and they (laughs) drop an (laughs) F-bomb. And then, after they wow the crowd, and Howie Mandel says, why do we not know about you? (laughs) Then they come out. And uh, one such person would be Julia Scotty, who joins me now. What's happening, kiddo? Oh, my God, there's no escaping you, is there? No escaping you. Did I wake you? No, I was watching uh, I was watching a television program. What television program? Not for nothing. What? I was busy. I was busy. Meet Bernie Wagenblast. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Julia. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, and congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, is, he, is he annoying you? Don't let him annoy you. Oh. <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> see what I got to live with? You see what I got to live with? All these years on radio, I am used to it. Uh, you, know, you know what? I'm glad he's got another trans person in his life. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Every time there's a story about a trans person, who he calls? I'm the first. I'm the only one he knew. <laughs> now he's expanding the circle. You're number two when they hit parade now. <laughs> Uh, now I'm number two. Oh, okay, oh, good. But she tries harder. Uh, so, so what advice can you give Bernie? Stay away from Steve Trevor. <laughs> A little too late, Julia. <laughs> what do you mean, what advice? What am I, Yoda? No. What she needs to do. She sounds incredibly happy. What does she need me for? Well, that's what to depress her. That's how he brought you on. <laughs> now we're talking. There we go. Bring her back down. She needs the recipe for the Yankee Tower meatloaf. How you, how you doing? How you doing, Bernie? Everything going all right for you? Yeah, it, this is only the third day that I've been full-time presenting as female, so it is all brand new. <laughs> Needless to say, it's a lot to learn, as I'm sure you well know. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was thinking back yeah, when I started my year, I think, well, my year of the trans, transitioning, and I started on January 1st, too. Oh. <laughs> and and it's, 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 I guess it's just convenient, you know. Um, you know, it's better than starting like May 28th or something like that. <laughs> Memorial Day? Memorial. Oh, that, that's right. Well, yeah, you, you sort of remember it. There you go. It all comes back. I, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you both, though. I mean, well, I'll, you know, Bernie, you had dreams. You, you must have thought about what it would be like if mm-hmm. you did. Mm-hmm. 
All right, after three days, uh, how how is that going? Have, have, your, has, have you lived up to your dreams? Have you Has what happened lived up to the dreams that you had, or is it going in that direction? Oh, I think it's going in that direction. I think, you know, obviously three days is a little too early to judge, but I keep on want, wanting to say, please don't wake up. I You know, is this a dream? You know, is this going to, oh, am I going to wake up tomorrow morning and find out, ah, oh, this was a great dream that I had, but it's not real. No, this is been pretty real and you of course you've surpassed your dreams <laughs> you talking to me of course well let me tell you let me address what bernie said listen bernie there's going to be days when you're on top of the world mm-hmm. and there's going to be days when the world is on top of you mm-hmm. and and you know you're gonna you, you're just gonna you're going through a, tr- a tremendously traumatic moment in your life mm-hmm. let it happen it's all you know there's the good the bad all of it you know, and just learn from it. That's all. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, when she puts together that more funny women, even more funny women <laughs> of a certain age, you know, uh, she's got a great dry bar special, Julia Scotty. Oh, okay. Did you see it? You actually saw it? Uh, you know, you don't think I watch these things? You don't think I pay attention? <laughs> oh, I don't think you watch. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. I cried. It was beautiful. Oh, all right. I'm glad you watched those. Not for nothing. You're the first person I know who's seen it. Well, you see that? <laughs> I wasn't a Mormon. I was not a Mormon. <laughs> drive off. I gave, right. I, gave, I gave it a like. Hey, go back to sleep. Thanks so much for coming on. I got to go hit the news. You're done with me? You're done with me? You want to stay on? I got to hit the news. You want to hang out? I'm watching, I'm watching the TV. I'm actually watching an Italian TV program. <laughs> what, are you, what Italian? With the Dean Martin show? What do you want to tell? No, it's an Italian. It's a, it's a, it's a, he's a priest who's a detective. <laughs> didn't didn't uh, Robert Blake play that guy? Wasn't that Hilltown? No, he was, no, that was Dick Van Dyke. Oh, Dick Van Dyke. No, that was diagnosis murder. No, Father Robert Blake played a cop who was a detective, I think, right? A priest, right? Hilltown. Oh, he was a cop. He should be a detective. Oh, he's a priest, too? He was a priest. <laughs> he was called Hilltown. Go watch television. I'll talk to you later. All right. Nice meeting you, Bernie. Good luck to you. Thank you, Julia. Thank you so much. Stay in touch. All righty. Will do. See you later. Love you. Bye-bye. It is 9.30. What do you do? Now the latest New Jersey news. Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelis. Bernie Wagenblast in studio. She's transitioned. And as of January 1st, mm-hmm. began living her life as Bernie Wagenblast. <laughs> Before that, she was Bernie Wagenblast. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, Jennifer Williams is the first transgender resident to be elected to Trenton City Council. She won by one vote. Mm-hmm. This is what your future could be. Yeah. Politics. Politics <laughs> no, no, for Bernie. I think, I think I'll stay out of that. Out of that? No yeah. politics for Bernie. I'm telling you. Right, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. We're talking about Bernie. Uh, what was the re- And that's been three days. Mm-hmm. So you haven't heard from everybody, right? No, no. But everyone that I have heard from has been positive. Neighbors uh, that I, you know, went to see people who lived on my little cul-de-sac, and they were all very accepting and supportive. Uh, people in town have been wonderful. That, that At one point, I thought, I have two daughters who live up in Burlington, Vermont. And Burlington, with being a college town, very liberal. I figured, well, maybe I'll transition up there because nobody knows me. Um, it'll not be a problem. But when I came out in Cranford and the reaction that I had from the people in Cranford, not just the the officials, but just but regular people. You lived there all your life. Yeah. So these are all the people that a lot of them have known you all your life. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are 
old classmates that I went to school with. You should have saved it for the reunion. <laughs> that would have been so cool. <laughs> What's new? I don't know. <laughs> you know, and then like not told anybody <laughs> and gotten a secret. <laughs> Got to get all the juicy gossip. <laughs> all right, 1-800-283-101.5. Any regrets? No, I don't think so uh, because, you know, there could always be regrets about not doing this sooner. But I think about if I did this when I was a young person, I wouldn't have my three wonderful daughters, my seven wonderful grandkids. So how can I regret it when I would miss all that? That's, you know, that's the best part. So now, like, you've got the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and as you as you continue on with your life and you did it, you, you did it at a much later age, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which did that make it easier for you to do it or harder? Both, I would say uh, easier in that. Fortunately, I had my career. I had a good career. So I had security, which a lot of people who do it at an early age don't have that. So that is something that you could I, afford to transition. Yeah. And, and uh, not worry about being thrown out on the street if, you know, I were a teenager at home or something like that so, right. that some young people have to worry about. Things like that. I had I have the health insurance. So all of that made that part of it much easier. It makes it tougher that I'm doing this in my 60s. Yeah, that that part of it is is more difficult. But again, there are trade offs with everything. Do you have your parents? No, no, they've passed away, unfortunately. What would they think? One time when I was about 16 years old, right. I told my younger sister, she's about six years younger than me, uh, that I said, I always wanted to be a girl. Don't tell mom and dad, though. And what does she do, of course? She goes and tells mom and dad. Of course. <laughs> as so, soon as you said don't tell, it was a fait accompli. <laughs> so they, they confronted me. But now as I think about it in retrospect, they were confronting me in a very loving way. <clears throat> Even considering that this was the 1970s and this was basically unheard of, they were not upset with me, but I was terrified. And I just, of course, denied, oh, I was just kidding. I, I was just kidding. That's not really true. That's not really true. I think they would have been supportive if they had been around and I had told them when they were here. You know, it, I, I believe it because parents, as a parent, you know, you, you love your children. Mm -hmm. You want what's best for your children and you'll bend to any thought process mm -hmm. to try to understand. You know, we came up in the generation of the generation gap mm -hmm. where there was a divide mm -hmm. between parents and children. Mm -hmm. You know, turn that off! <laughs> <laughs> but subsequently, we didn't. You know, subsequently, parents became much more understanding mm -hmm. of their children mm -hmm. and much more open to how they felt about all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I can definitely, you know, definitely see that, you know, as well as, you know, uh, you being more understanding. Sure. As to how they felt. Exactly. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I wish I was not so afraid to have told them, but... Like I say, 1970s is <laughs> the dark ages. <laughs> it's you know what? It's it's funny because you go back and you know in a lot of areas from the 1970s, go back to like 69. Everybody get together, trying to love one another mm -hmm. right now, and you're like, well, why ha why are we still there? Mm -hmm. And then you think back and you you know what? We we're not as there as we were. We yeah. have made progress. Oh, definitely. We have definitely. moved the needle. Mm -hmm. You know, and especially here. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea is you just want to you just want to enjoy yourself. You know, and uh, I'll tell you one of the people I know who really knows how to enjoy herself.
You know, one of one of my dear dear friends comes in here once a month and tells us what it's going to be. You know, like Buddy Holly, I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. She tells people how it's going to be <laughs> by corresponding with the people that have transitioned in a completely different way. Nene Grace is on the phone. Happy New Year, kiddo. Happy New Year, my friend. How you doing, Nene? I'm wonderful. I was just listening in. I'm like, I love this show. I love, well, you know, this is my community. So... Uh -huh. To hear this story, it just makes me so happy that she can just stand in her power and live the life that she's always felt she wanted to live. Absolutely. Thank you. This Thank is you. this is Bernie Wagon Blast. Now, Bernie, uh, Bernie used to be a traffic reporter here, mm -hmm. and starting January first, Bernie transitioned. I love it. What courage it takes, you know, especially. Our generation, you know, I, I'm about to be 50, and it, it wasn't so easy when I was younger. I didn't come out. I came out later in life also after I had my children. Right. And um, I, I believe, not so much later, I was about 28, but I was already a mother. I was married. And, you know, it took everybody kind of back a little bit. Fortunately, my family was very loving and receiving, but not everyone has that kind of family. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't have that kind of support, it can be a very scary process, you know? And I, I have to just give you all the props in the world and, and say, I, I'm just overjoyed that you can stand in your power and you're being supported by your family to live the life that you feel is, is true to you. Well, thank you, Nini. I very much appreciate it. Yes, I, I realize how fortunate I am because I know there are a lot of people who are not as fortunate as I am. Right, right. There, there really aren't, you know, our younger generation, our, you know, not everyone has that. So I just really wanted to call in and say that I just think you're, that's awesome for you, and I'm happy for you, and I hope that the world celebrates your, your courage and the way you choose to live your life. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling in. And uh, we got to talk about when you're coming back on, Nene, because people, people every Monday night now, last night we had music on. Is Nene coming in? Can he turn his music off? We got to talk to Nene. <laughs> Tell him I'm coming back. I'm coming back, you know? <laughs> All right. We will set it up this week. I'll give you a call. All right, honey. Take care and Happy New Year again. Happy New Year. That's Nene Grace. She's the best. Mm -hmm. she, she's, oh, she uh, sounds like yeah. it. Nene, Nene is uh, a soul healer. Oh. And she comes in once a month. Mm -hmm. And she either takes medium calls or psychic calls. Mm -hmm. And when Nene's coming in, the phones start about 8 o'clock <laughs> and Nene comes in at 9 o'clock. I can't even get a topic on. When's Nene coming? When's Nene coming? If the topic is when's Nene coming in, I can blow up the phones. No problem. And they stay on like for hours to get Nini, you know, to get the Nini. Mm -hmm. uh, but one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Bernie Wagonblast is here. Day three of Bernie Wagonblast, the female mm -hmm. of many, 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 many more. And like I, like I said, you know, it's only day three, and. You know, you sit there, you have dreams. You're thinking about what's it going to be like. I imagine, you know, what's it oh, going to sure. be like when this happens? Has there been any surprises? That I didn't think of that. <laughs> Not really. I think um, I kind of, because I took this so slow and talked to a lot of people who went before me. Right. So I had a pretty good idea. But that first time you walk out the front door 
looking like a woman, you're thinking everybody is looking at you. They're not, but you mm-hmm. think that, you know, when you go into the, the, I went into the supermarket yesterday morning and you're just thinking, oh, you know, I hope I'm not doing something wrong. I hope I'm not, <laughs> you know, there's not a big. You squeeze the melons the yeah. same way. It doesn't matter <laughs> exactly. what's going on, right? <laughs> you still bitch about the prices right. regardless, right? Yep, you know? yep. <laughs> you know, like now people let you in the front of the line? <laughs> nah, chivalrous. <laughs> no, anybody hold the door for you yet? Uh, no, not yet. See, they did that in the 70s. Yet. Now they don't do yeah. that anymore. Now you're on your own, Bernie. You should have waited. You know, you, you came out too fast. Once upon a time, could have been that, could have been all different. Mm-hmm. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Bernie Wagonblast in studio. Jersey Radio. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. You ever heard of Bernie Wagonblast? He does the traffic. On New Jersey 101.5, but not anymore. <laughs> now Bernie Wagonblast, she has Bernie Wagonblast Productions. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're still doing the guy voice, right? For those, yeah. I do voiceovers, so I still want to use the, the guy voice for that. Right. And I do a couple of podcasts about transportation, so right. still use the guy voice the for guy that. Voice but for everything that. else, um, this is a work in progress, this voice. It's, it is very difficult so are you putting on this voice, or is this is this your natural voice? Or? No, I would say this, this is, at this point, this is is I have to do is it this. Hard? Does it hurt? No, 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 not um, at this point. I, I've been working on this. It is a very slow process because once you go through male, male puberty, your vocal cords thicken and your voice gets deep and. It's not easy to for me. It was my head that thickened, according <laughs> to my parents. <laughs> so now you, so you could do actual, you could do actual commercials where you well, could play both I'm, parts. I don't know if I'm that. I don't think I'm that good yet oh, okay. with, with the girl voice, but right, we're working good. on it. We're Thank working you, on it. All right. Now, now people don't know this, but Bernie, you now you were one of the announcers for Air Train, Subway, and the Patco stations. Yep. And we didn't even realize those were actual human beings. <laughs> Yeah, if you're you're at Newark Airport and you're riding the air train, I'm the one that will say, the next stop is Terminal B, airline serving Terminal BR. Wow, look at that. <laughs> How about you just scared the hell out of Ryan? You just woke him up. <laughs> is there somebody else in there? <laughs> 1-800-283-101.5. Look at this. You get people to call. Julia Scotty calls in. Nene Grace calls in. Uh, so now, but you know what? There, there's uh, also, we have a lot of laughs. There's a serious side to this. There are people who come out and it's not easy for them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they don't have it as easy when they do. Right. You know, what would you say to people who are, you know, who come out? First of all, I would say try to be safe when you come out. If you're not in a safe position, then postpone until you are in a place that's safe because your personal safety is the most important priority. So that would be the first thing I would say. But then find people who can support you. If it's not your family, find friends, somebody who would understand and and be there for you. That, I think, makes a world of difference to have someone that you can talk to that can support you, can help you along and pick you up when you're down. You know, it, it, it's all about having that incredible support system. It's also about finding mm-hmm. that incredible support system if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know? And there are a lot of support groups out there. So, you know, there's there's organizations like PFLAG and support groups from different places in the state. Uh, if you do some, some internet searching, you can probably find one that's close to you. A lot of them are virtual, so it doesn't even have to be one in New Jersey. It could be somewhere else in the country. Um, you know, if you feel safer, not doing something local. 
Yeah. And you know what? There's Trans Lifeline, 877-565-8860. You sent me this. You know, one place to turn to. Uh, have you gone... I, I, you're living outside your comfort zone now, mm-hmm. or are you living outside your comfort zone, or have you finally found your comfort zone? I would say it's a combination of all those. You know, certainly presenting as a woman for the first time is scary. There's no two ways about it. Uh, doing this is is something that you have to kind of get used to. You know, most women they were raised as from little girls to teenagers to young women. So they've had a, a lifetime to, to do this. For me, it's kind of a crash course, and you're trying to also unlearn all the things that you learned as a guy. Well, now, let's talk about that. I mean, did you have coaches? Did, you have, did women get together and say, Bernie, this is how you do Did you have to walk with the book down the aisle and turn around and walk back? <laughs> did, did, did not have to go did to, to uh, finishing okay. school, fortunately. None of that. But, uh, no, I Dr. Bernie had, Little? <laughs> no, I have had it? friends, both uh-huh. trans and who are not trans, uh, also known as cis, uh, that have helped me. Uh, and will have said, you know, if you, anytime you need advice, need help, we're a phone call away, and they're more than willing to help me out, which is wonderful. What was some of the best advice you got? I think just doing it on your own timeline. Don't feel pressured to do anything by somebody else. To, to do it when you feel things are right, and that probably is the most important one. I talked to a woman who's older than I am several years ago, probably around 2017, 2018, and she had transitioned. And she said, don't transition unless you feel it is absolutely necessary. And I didn't until recently feel that it was absolutely necessary. What made you feel it was absolutely necessary now? Just that I think you are more in touch with your own mortality as you get older. And I, the thought of... Now and never? Yeah. If, if I didn't do this now, I would never have the opportunity to do this. And I needed to do this because, as I said before, I think without it, I would have felt very depressed and would have been regretful if if I were laying on my deathbed, so to speak, and had never had a chance to experience this, it would have been heartbreaking, I think, in many ways. Did COVID have anything to do with it? No. Just I the don't... idea of like, you know, oh, I, I got to live my life. I got to do everything. I, like a lot of people experienced that after 9-11. Yeah. Um, not for me, I don't think, because I'd really started this process before COVID. Right. Um, COVID allowed a lot of people like me to to start to transition without having to worry about being in the office and things like that. So it, it gave them a little more freedom to do that. But I've been working from home pretty much since around 2010. So <laughs> there, there wasn't that pressure for me. Well, let's talk about working from home and let's talk about Bernie Wagon Blast Productions and let's get you a plug and get you some more work and stuff like that, you know, because now, I mean, you can cover every base. Uh, so, t- so tell us about Bernie Wagon Blast Productions. Well, I do a little bit of uh, everything. I do some um, some some voiceover work. I gave examples before transportation voiceover work. I've done some commercials over time, uh, phone systems, things like that. I do several transportation related newsletters for different clients. And I host a couple of podcasts for different clients about transportation. So when I started in traffic way back in 1979, I didn't realize that that was my introduction to the world of transportation. And I had a 23-year gap when I was outside of radio, mm-hmm. working in the transportation field, and had a chance to do that. 
So you've been in trans all your life. It was yes. first transportation, <laughs> yep. and now transgender. <laughs> We're running out of trans for you, Bernie. I actually worked for two different organizations during my life. One was called Transcom, right. and the other one was called Transcore. So, again, the universe and its sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Steve. Uh, always a pleasure. We'll have you back. <laughs> Alright, 1-800-283-101.5 Mikey Nichols, nine years ago tomorrow night, he suffered a horrific accident that has left him in a wheelchair. Domensky and Doyle. I listen to you guys every day, so I appreciate you guys keeping me entertained on the radio. Wow. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, Bernardo. So wait, we're supposed to be entertained? <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Weekday afternoons, 2 till 7 on New Jersey 101.5 and NJ1015.com WKXW Trenton, WKXW HD. That's what we do. Steve Trevelis, back from vacation. It was nice having a couple of weeks off to talk to myself. Uh, nobody get through is 1-800-283-101.5. Go to nj1015.com and check out the articles. Why I think the Giants need to beat the Eagles this week. Don't sit the players down. Don't rest the players. You play the players. The players were made to play. And regardless of what they do in the playoffs, how great would it be to end the season by ruining the Eagles' chance for the number one seed after they put a 48-22 to 22 pasting on us a couple of weeks ago. But I digress. Uh, also, the great nightclubs in New Jersey that are no longer around at the Jersey Shore. I went to down the Jersey, down the shore.com on Facebook and uh, found a whole bunch of them for you. And you got to check out down the shore places that are no longer there on Facebook. Steve Eccles does a great job with that. Uh, and it was um, nine years ago tomorrow. And I can't believe it has been nine years that uh, Monroe High School senior Mike Nichols was playing the greatest hockey game of his life. And in the third period, he gets checked into the boards. Uh, C5 injury has been in a wheelchair ever since. And the strides that he has made and the courage that he has shown and the belief in himself that he has demonstrated, he uh, from where he was to where he is now is truly amazing. And where he is now is on New Jersey 101.5. How are you, my friend? Hey, Steve, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, nine years ago, Mikey, what are your thoughts? Um, it's it's honestly surreal. Um, you know, I'm going to be 27 this year, and uh, that, with this being the ninth year, uh, kind of did the uh, old math in my head, and it's going to be officially a third of my life now that I've spent paralyzed, and it's really surreal to me. You said once God meant for you to be in the wheelchair. You still feel that way? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do because I definitely um, experienced more and have grown so much more in this. You know, I, I've heard something recently that uh, he he puts you in it and he brings you through it. Um, you know, then just not even just from a like a religious standpoint, just. Uh, that's just like the plan and and things, and you know that's um that's definitely something that I think has been a continuous belief in in my mind at least because mm -hmm. uh how else how else can I look at it right uh if I look at it negatively I look at it badly I'm not going to continue to improve and continue to uh 
push, and uh, I'm not going to let that happen. No. You know, you promised your father on the ice the night you got hurt that you're going to walk again, that you're not going to let that happen. And you've made some amazing strides. Mikey, talk about the... I, I call you Mikey because, you know, I know you was Mikey. Uh, now you're old man. Now you're Mike. But uh, talk about some of the strides that you've been able to make that were never predicted for you to make when you got hurt. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost... Um, you know, along with the spinal cord injury, I, I also suffered a stroke. So uh, I lost complete movement in my right side. And and I say my right side at that time, it was really just like my right bicep, right? My right shoulder. And I lost complete movement of that. And um, I wasn't able to move any of it at all for about six months. And then slowly but surely, I was just through hard work and progress. That's come back and... Not only has it been, you know, just, just some of the right side, it's just also been uh, core strength and also um, independence as well, whether it's getting my license. And you know, I'm still working on getting a vehicle, but just having the license is a big, uh, like, etching marks or stepping stone to mm-hmm. where I want to be. And then I'm able to work, you know, a job, and I'm able to not only work the job, but then go – and work and do physical therapy afterwards and have a full-blown day when really, you know, at Kessler, it was just, all right, let's get him up. Let's give him three hours of physical therapy a day. That was really all I could handle at the time. Right. Now, you have a job. What are you doing? Yeah, so I'm working at uh, a high school, actually same high school that I went to. Uh-huh. Um, they they done a tremendous job with me. I'm a paraprofessional right now. I'm working on finishing my degree so I can so I can teach, mm-hmm. and um, it's I I really enjoy um, getting to make an impact with with the kids and then also uh, being able to be involved in a little bit not much in after school sports not as much as I'd like to be because I have like other engagements but just being around it, it it's just awesome. That's fantastic. So you want to now what do you want to teach? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't have a specific uh, subject in mind right now. All right. I know is that down down the road, I want to teach special education. I know that for sure. Uh-huh. That's um, fantastic. That's stemming from when I was a kid. Um, I was in elementary classes. Uh, in I was in resource classes in elementary school because I had a very bad speech and like reading issues and what and whatnot and. The teachers have helped me come such a long way. And then now with the physical disability, I can relate to some other, you know, things that students may be going through in those classes. And uh, I would like to help them, you know, with their difficulties, their um, whatever they're going through at that time and just be the best person, best advocate that I could be for them. You're amazing when it comes to advocacy. You know, every time you come in here, and you were my intern for a while, uh, there's always something new with you. You know, like uh, you were never expected to be able to write. You're using an iPad. You're using an iPhone. You know, uh, you would never expect you're driving a van. You know, you you have a license. Uh, are you are you mentoring? Are you taking people under your wing? Because I can imagine that people people who are suffering with depression from debilitating injuries, I'd be sending them you immediately um i haven't really done that thing i mean 
listen, that's um, when that happens. Uh, specifically, most recently, right there was the kid at um at SJB, the football player, right? At right. AJ, if I remember correctly, uh-huh. um, he like Eric spoken to him, right? It, it, they usually keep it like within. Like, football player's going to want to talk to a football player type of thing, right? Right. We had Eric on earlier tonight. Yeah, and it, it's just been um, – I haven't really done much much of the mentoring myself as much as he have, but I have, you know, helped out people, um, mainly younger men like myself who got hurt at a younger age like myself, like Eric did, right. who um, may have struggled or may not know – where the next step is, because, you know, many people think I'm hurt, I'm in a wheelchair, okay, what, what's from here? Like, at, at, when I was 17 years old, like, I remember my dad having a conversation with um, Karen Legrand, and Karen was mentioning how Eric just got back from the bar. And my dad was like, what, what do you mean, Eric went out to the bar with his friends? You weren't there? What What do you mean? And Karen's like, what do you, what do you mean, Steve? Like, kid's got to go live his life. Kid's got to do his thing, right? So, and then now, obviously, nine years down the road, my dad completely understands and sees that side. But the newly injured family, the newly injured patient doesn't see that side. They simply see, uh, I have this debilitating injury, and this may be the end of life as I know it. And they don't know that there's a whole other side to it on on the other end. Beginning of another life, you know, that you're gonna get to know. Uh, yeah, Mike, exactly. When you saw the hit last night, when you not even the hit because it really wasn't much of a hit, but when you saw Bill Safety Demar Hamlin make a tackle and then collapse on Monday Night Football, what were your thoughts? Um, I was afraid that I was watching a young man die on the football field. That that was my my honest to God you know, fear. And uh, I'm still afraid right now as we speak as to what his implications are. Because uh, no one really knows how long we know. It was, what, like 10 minutes of CPR, eight minutes of CPR, something like that. Yeah. And I'm definitely not a medical doctor. Um, and, But I know that's a lot. And, you know, whether there's losing oxygen to the brain, I was afraid that, I was watching a kid lose his life on a football field doing what he loved, right? We we often talk about, like, I was just doing the right thing. I was just in the wrong place, but I'm grateful to have my life. I saw that. I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah. this kid is not only, like, I lost my legs, right? Yeah, that's one thing. This kid can lose his life. And that's something you may never get back, and that's something you really have to cherish. I was so afraid. Well, hopefully, you know, God willing, he gets out. He's on the critical list, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that he gets better. We're all hoping that he gets better, and uh, we find out, you know, what happened, you know, what caused this. You know, you played hockey knowing the risks, and, uh, you know, and you you still believe you're going to get out of that chair, right? Right. Um I'm going to do it one day, whether I'm, you know, 30 years old or whether I'm 60 years old and grumpy, but I'm still going to be doing it and I'm going to get out. (laughs) And, uh, 
So it's just God willing that that man walks out of that hospital. Absolutely. If anybody's going to get out of that chair, it's you. When is the uh, next uh, Mikey Nichols tournament? The next golf outing is just confirmed today. It is Thursday, August 3rd at Roycebrook Country Club, uh, same place as always. And, um, yeah, it's the same information as always, the golfformikey at gmail.com if you're interested in playing uh and it's just a wonderful event and um um just amazing amazed that this is going to be the tenth annual event and it's it's absolutely insane. Yeah, let's hope we get to the point where we don't need the events and we get there really soon. Mikey, best of luck. Thanks for coming on. Keep in touch, we'll get you on more. Hi, right, Steve. Sounds good. You have a great night. Got it, pal. Two one five five nine. What am I doing? One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Here's New Jersey one zero one point five. Fast traffic. One one point five. Steve Trevelyan's. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Ryan Bessel is here. What's going on? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and you having fun tonight? I'm having a lot of fun. A lot of interviews. Tonight. My God, right? Look at this. Yeah. I wanted to come back with like a, with a bang. You know? And you hear things that happen, and then you start thinking, well, who would be better to talk about this than me? (laughs) And luckily, I find people. There you go. Uh, And a lot of smart people, too. Yeah, really? I'm as shocked by that as you are. Yeah, smart. Well, and not just that, but a lot of lived experience here on this list, too. It's not like, you know, an expert, you know, Mm. that we spoke to or whatever. It's, you know, people who have, you know, had these experiences. There's a difference. There, there really is. Uh, all right, so we'll have Eric Legrand up tomorrow on NJ1015.com. We'll have Mikey Nichols on NJ1015.com. Bernie Wagonblast will be on NJ1015.com. <laughs> everybody, everybody will be on NJ1015.com. Everybody in the pool. Everybody in the pool. So, uh, Starbucks. Uh, those free Starbucks drinks are about to cost you a little bit more. Because they're making changes to the rewards program. Now, uh, do you go for the Starbucks rewards? Um, so I only recently hopped on the rewards train. For a while, I was just going places without getting the apps. And then my friends started, you know, giving me the roast for it. Um, and giving you the roast? Yeah, yeah the roast. Like the, uh, the roast beef? Yeah, <laughs> have the, a roast. Oh, no, the rough roast. roast? The coffee roast. Oh, the coffee roast. Yeah. Yes, I like that. For not using, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and, well, so here's the thing. For Christmas, I got a new phone. And I don't know you why. You did? Yeah. Because I, I was using the same phone that I had for a few years. And you know how phones, after a few years, they magically now, start, stop working. Did you get the phone or did somebody buy you the phone? Uh, it was a Christmas present from from my my parents. Um, well, that's it, good. Yeah, I I really appreciate it a lot. Um, and, but um, what's it called? I don't have the Starbucks app because there's no Starbucks near me. There's one that's like in an Acme, but you know when you go to one of those, it's not really like you're getting the real experience. Um, I usually well, you go want to the Starbucks experience. Yeah, I go to Dunkin' and I use their rewards program. Okay. Um, which what. Well, Going back to the phone thing, right. I got a new phone, and all your passwords, it might transfer over your apps. You have to re-enter all of your passwords, and now it's like I don't have an account anymore. Oh. Now, you know what? I got a new phone. I didn't have that problem. No? My, you, I have the iPhone. That's what I have. And you had to re-enter all your passwords? Yeah, I had to go re- through re-enter all my do. passwords. Maybe I just haven't gone on my apps yet. Yeah. I can't wait to see what's waiting for me now. <laughs> Maybe that no notifications for a little bit, you know, might be a, a warning sign. I don't mind um, not being notified by some of my... Let me see this. Hold on. Is that the truth? Hold on. 
my, my, it's not recognizing my face. There's another thing. <laughs> uh, we don't even want to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I got 119 Nike notifications today. Uh, all right, so Starbucks, uh, basically, they're going to now, uh, starting February 13th, members are going to need 100 stars their term for points, to get one cup of hot or iced coffee or tea, a baked good, a packaged snack, or a to-go cup. Members will need 200 stars to get a latte or a frappuccino, hot breakfast item, 300 for a salad. How long does it take you to acquire these points? So I went on to an article, onto an article that kind of went into it a little bit here, and someone tweeted back, my coffee price is doubling from 50 to two to $100. So it's doubling the point value here. Basically, their points are now becoming almost worthless. To earn one free cup of coffee using a prepaid card, you have to buy 17 cups of coffee. Using cash or linked credit card, you have to buy 34, <laughs> according oh to God. this person's math. I can't verify. Just to get the one free cup. Just to get that one free cup that used to be 50 points. Now it's 100. Now, what's the Dunkin' plan like? The Dunkin', well, the, I don't know if they did the same thing, right. but um, you get like, I think it's 10 points on the dollar, and it's like... Uh, it must be about 500 points for any size coffee. You know, you get so it for free. So who's got the better plan, Dunkin' or Starbucks? I think if you do the math, I think Dunkin' actually wins out a little bit. But Dunkin' does something kind of weird. They they trick you into thinking you're getting a deal. Oh. Um, they make you come in 12 times in the month to get an extra two points on the dollar that you spend, an extra 20% points. And that lasts for the for the next following month. Right. But who's going to go into Dunkin' 12 times in a month and then still want to come back for more? Because, <laughs> like, once again, like, you say, say you want to go there for, for breakfast or something, right? Right. So you go there, that's there's five days in a week to get you going to work. Right, so that's two full weeks that you have to go to Dunkin' plus two days, and now you have to say after all of that, hey, you know what? I want some more Dunkin'. Uh, for a free cup of coffee. To get those free cups of coffee and to get that real bang for your buck with those points. I got a Yeti. You have a Yeti. I got a Yeti. Yeah. And the Yeti's the best. I make the pot of coffee. I pour it in the Yeti. It stays hot. See, it stays hot all day. All Never day. have to worry about it. <laughs> Rather than pay two, three dollars for a cup of coffee. I make it in the Yeti. Put it in the Yeti. Don't need points. What, don't what, need points. What do you make your coffee with? Do you do you make? So what you do said I you make, make the, it with? Yeah. Do you make the? You said you make the pot. Do you literally make the pot of coffee, or do you yeah. just like the proverbial pot I of coffee? I put the grounds in, and then I I don't use the, the they're, they're too weak for me. Those what do you call those K cups? K cups. They're too work. They're too weak for me. I take the coffee. I put I like seven scoops of coffee, <laughs> seven cups of water, and then I make that. Yeah. And then uh, the ratio is one to one, and then I put that in the Yeti with the uh, with the half and half done. Just half and half. No That's sugar. All. No sugar, because I figure like I'm going to eat sugar in so mm -hmm. many other places. That is like the one place I could save sugar was the coffee. So if I have a brownie, like if my producer makes me brownies, <laughs> I could have the brownie and not feel guilty because I didn't have the sugar in the coffee. Ah, there you go. So then do you, when, so then, uh, when you have your coffee in the morning, do you normally have it with like a breakfast, like a, a savory thing, or do you go for like the sweet things so you can kind of dunk it in? No, you know what? It depends. It depends. Usually I don't have anything in the morning. I have the coffee. Just coffee? And then really? later no on, then I could have my, my lunch. I could, what I'll do is I'll have the coffee by itself. Yeah. Then later I'll have the lunch. And then later on in the middle of the afternoon, I'll have the second cup of coffee. <laughs> or maybe the third cup of coffee. And that, then I get that till dinner. 
And then after dinner, make another cup of coffee. After dinner. And that's what, oh yeah, what, what, what time is it? I've, that's fair, yeah. yeah. I'm coming in here <laughs> to drink coffee. You think I get this energy from not drinking coffee? I don't know. I thought you were just this kind of way. I mean, no, 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 no. In order for me to be this kind of way, I need seven scoops of coffee and then seven waters in the Yeti. Who's got the best uh, plan? Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Do you, have a, do you have a coffee plan where you go? A coffee plan? You know, like uh, extra points, like Starbucks up their points. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. I Usually I do the Starbucks thing. You do I, Starbucks. I, get the, I get the points on the app, and I don't use the app for Dunkin', but every now and then, I, if I can't find a Starbucks, I'll just roll into Dunkin'. Okay, but the, so now the app, Starbucks is raising the app. They're raising the points on the app. Oh, really? Yeah, starting, starting February 13th, you're going to need 100 stars. To get a one cup or a hot iced tea or tea, a baked good, a package snack, or a to-go cup. Oh, wow. So I can get those points instead of signing away my rent just to get a large coffee. See that, right? <laughs> or 200 stars, you get a latte or a frappuccino or a hot breakfast Ooh. item. Ooh. 300, you get a salad, lunch, sandwich, protein box, or package coffee, like a bag of beans. 400, they refurnish your apartment. <laughs> 1030. Now the latest New Jersey... 101.5, Steve Trevelis. All right. Tomorrow night, uh, let's see. We got uh, Comics Talking Jersey. going to bring in, uh, let's see, Rick O'Donnell. Bring in a little Gemini. Bring a little... Uh, Jeff Paul's going to be here tomorrow night, Jeffrey Paul. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk on some Jersey topics. New feature, Comics Talking Jersey. And then uh, Thursday night, Jersey's opening lines. And that's going to be, um, who's coming in? Uh, yeah. l- 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 don't tell me, don't tell me, I know. Uh, Lisa Bouchelle's coming in. Lisa, uh, She's a singer. Singer, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Because Light of Day's coming. Tony Palagrossi may be here as well. They, the guy put on Light of Day. They, maybe they can sing the opening lines. That'll be good. But they can't sing the opening lines because that'll screw everything up. Oh, that's, that's, that's the, the whole idea point. The is to get right. <laughs> See the way it works? But you're not going to screw this up, right? Well, I've got news for you. Oh, I missed this. Yes. Now it's time for Headlines and Trev Lines. I read the news today. Oh, doctor, doctor, give me the news. There's Steve Cummins on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind-blowing news. As only Steve can. What the a good question. What is going on out here? We got flying cars. Uh, flying car, cars. Flying cars. A car stolen in Nor- in North Caldwell. Right. Um, shortly after midnight on New Year's Day, came flying uh, over a guardrail and just narrowly missed. I saw that. Street. Hit a house, right? Hit the side of a house. Yeah. So um, let's see. It says they here, stole the car. Yeah. Uh, it was stolen. Uh, it was on Hilltop Drive in North Caldwell around 12:30 a.m. and it tried right. to take off when police arrived, and the driver lost control of the vehicle, causing it to fall 20 feet down an embankment and flipping over, uh, and landing on a house and a vehicle parked in the, that oh, house's driveway. Wow! Yeah, I saw the footage. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's the car twirled over. And you know, yeah. it would have been great, like uh, like for a director to buy the footage and use it in a movie. <laughs> it was that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was like very found footagey, but like in a, it, I, I don't know, like you don't picture something that large. No, like flying like that. <laughs> but it went over the embankment and just like, uh, like, like, like it was in a movie. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, thankfully, no one was injured. Uh, no. There were two people inside the vehicle, but they were, uh, or rather, they, the people in the vehicle were injured, but nobody else was injured. No. Oh. Um, so, but those so if they weren't were, injured, like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Round two. Let's let's see if we can get some good air this time. Um, so this next one yes. uh, is from across the pond. Uh, people uh, just before Christmas got some horrifying news that they all received aggressive lung cancer. What? Yeah, so uh, the Askern Medical Practice in uh, Doncaster, England, accidentally sent out on their uh, text chain, instead of Merry Christmas, they said, from the forwarded letters at CMP, has asked for you to do a DS-1500 for the above patient diagnosis, aggressive lung cancer with metastases. Metasta- so it was a wrong, they screwed up the message? Yeah, instead of they saying Merry Christmas. They meant to say Merry Christmas and they ended up, yeah. they don't actually have lung cancer. No, most of these, <laughs> I, I assume most, if not all these people, did not have any oh form of lung God. cancer at all. Scare the crap out of them for the holidays. Yeah, so all these people like that were interviewed by this news station uh, were like, yeah, like it was really rough. You know, we were very teary. We were upset. There, All these people are trying to contact this place. They couldn't They're not understand open. why the churches were full that night. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody went and prayed. People are showing up in person in droves to like this this medical place like you know wanting answers because they're like why are you giving me this news just before christmas like yeah. what's going on um but uh yeah they, they they were very quick to apologize so all right what's next uh next one here people in canada who are not uh canadian residents uh for the next two years will not be allowed to buy um homes in canada uh, the Canadian government is doing this to discourage people from uh, buying homes as just like a thing to do, like buying a house in Canada. Why? Um, Why would they care? Uh, well, get this. The median price uh, for a home in Canada uh, at the end of the summer was uh, about $568,000 U.S. dollars. And people are just buying homes in Canada to say they have a home in Canada? I don't know. I guess that, I guess that must be the case. Um, the You're kidding. Ad- yeah, uh, it you it's crazy how bad things uh the the housing market is up there in terms of in Canadian dollars right. uh the average cost uh for a home in Toronto Toronto or Vancouver which is in their larger cities costs uh over a million dollars and they're only cost. letting Canadians buy those houses yeah and if good <laughs> but the thing is if you were to the in I guess in comparison, if you were to go against that ordinance, the fines aren't that bad, really. I guess it's ten thousand f- Canadian dollars. Ten thousand dollars if you buy a home in Canada. Yeah, and you're not from Canada. Yeah, which in comparison to you know the hundreds of thousands you'll be paying is not so bad, really, at really? all. Really, but um, you know it's crazy. That so they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, so they're going to do it anyway, and that's for the next two years. Um, and I mean, you know, we don't have anything like that in America. I feel like in America we are the like the exact opposite. Well, imagine you know? New Jersey. Oh, Only yeah. New Jerseyans can buy homes in New Jersey. New Jerseyans can't afford <laughs> homes in New Jersey. That's why the state's probably not for you. So. No, that's why people are the, our biggest export population. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so we got a lot of lottery stuff going on. We just had Nene Grayson here. Yeah, um, which I should have asked her. What's going to happen? What's the yeah. number going to be? That's uh, all the drawing. Uh, I can't remember when the drawing is. I'll look it up during the next break. Okay. Um, but the psychic's advice to a uh, to another to a man uh, has led to his uh, Maryland man has led to him lit, uh, winning forty thousand dollars in the lottery. A psychic. Wait a minute. The psychic told the lottery. Yeah. The guy, what number to pick? Well, not exactly. He got he so the psychic gave the guy advice from his deceased father, and, and the deceased father told him what number to pick. Yeah, well, so no, the numbers didn't work out. The numbers didn't quite work out. What did he tell um, him? 
he 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 went for a scratch off, and the scratch off ended up getting him forty thousand. His father told him to go scratch. <laughs> he, well, the, so he got. My numbers. father told me that all the time. Well, if you if you read the article, it kind of like takes the wind out of the sails a little bit because they're like, yeah, the numbers that he got really didn't work out. But he went for a scratch off, and that won him the forty thousand dollars. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! The, the, he goes to the psychic, so that the deceased father can tell him what numbers to play. Yeah. And the deceased father gives him the wrong numbers. <laughs> yep. So he buys a scratch off. Did the deceased father have anything to do with the scratch off? Yeah, uh, I I got no idea. Maybe he told. Well, it says here that the father was the an avid lottery player. The deceased father said, "Buy a scratch off." The father was an avid lottery player, so I guess it, it, he, he wasn't good at it. Told. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the man apparently must be very good because in 2017 he previously won fifty thousand dollars. So and that he didn't get from his father. That he did not get from his father. That he got himself. Um, None of the money that he inherited from dad came from the lottery, I imagine. No, no, no. Oh, I no. guess I guess uh, the money that he got. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so the the last thing we got here uh, from from Yahoo because they have so many stories is Jeremy Renner's uh, incident over the weekend. He got hit by a snowplow, his own snowplow, uh, really? on his leg. Um, he was uh, what's it called? Uh, well, there's a ton of snow up where he is, and uh, so. Where is he? Uh, he is from, it says Washoe County. Um, that's not, Nevada, it says. He's from up in okay. Nevada. And so in Nevada, they get so much snow. They're, they're one of those kinds of Do places. Do they really? It's one of those Midwest kinds of places where like the snow comes in and they draw, it drops like two feet of snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so um, that was on January 2nd. His leg got run over. So yesterday. Um, right. And uh, if you don't know who Jeremy Renner is, he's the guy who plays Hawkeye. So he's in all the Marvel movies. He's got to do the jumps and the run oh, and the flips wow. and everything. And he, you know, mm -hmm. he hurt his leg. So I wonder what that's going to mean for if any, you know, Hawkeye fans are out there, you know. This means they're going to get a stuntman. <laughs> right? They're going to have to get a stuntman. A better stuntman. Right. Yeah. Then, then I, I assume he seems like the kind of guy who likes to do his own stunts. Would you do your own stunts if you were in action movies, Steve? Absolutely not. No? No. There are guys who, like, throughout television history, um, I'm a big fan of The Fugitive with David Jensen. Oh, yeah. Uh, the original Fugitive. And David Jensen was a hell of an actor. Uh, he died at 49 of a heart attack in 1980. But when he did The Fugitive, he, it was five years. And he was a former college basketball player. He was a student athlete. And he did all his own stunts. And he had hurt himself. He's hurt his knees. Has so many different ways. Because the fugitive is always running. He's always running from the law, <laughs> running from this one, running. From, but he's always running. And he ended up. Uh, he went to them after four years and said, "All right, that's it. We're canceling this. Get this over. You know, end oh, this." Because he didn't want to run anymore. He couldn't do it anymore. And as a matter of fact, they were gonna end the fugitive without a conclusion episode, and just leave him out there. Yeah. And uh, The Fugitive is a story of, actually, the true story was Sam Shepard. Mm -hmm. But the fictional story was a Dr. Richard Kimball, who uh, had an argument with his wife. He went out for air. He came back. As he's driving into the driveway, he sees a one-armed man running out of the house, uh, falls onto his car. He oh, sees his face. I think I've heard of this show. And then he goes in. He finds his dead wife. He gets convicted for the murder. He's sentenced to be executed. And on the train to the death house, the train goes off the rails, and he manages to escape and spend the next four years trying to find the one-armed man across the country yeah. while Lieutenant Gerard who was the police officer who had him, was taking him to the death house, tries to find him. And this is like, I don't think it could ever happen today.
because today with social media, although it's hard to say because there are fugitives out there. Yeah. And somehow managed to avoid all this. But I don't know how today, you know, between social media and, you know, all the mass communication that we have so quickly. You know, in those days, you know, <laughs> I'm waiting for the for the for the flyer to come in, waiting for the fingerprints to come back. I mean, now they send the picture. Okay, it's done. Uh, yeah. But he uh, decided. I mean, he just you know they. What happened was Leonard Goldberg, who was the producer, who actually he just died. He produced Blue Bloods, and at the time he produced The Fugitive, and he went to them and said, "Hey, you gotta end this. You gotta wrap this up. People, it's been four years. These fans are following this guy. You can't leave him out there." And they did a final episode, and it turned out to be, at the time, the most watched episode in television history. Was, uh, was that the first uh, television finale of a show? It may have been. I don't think it was. But it may have been where they actually, he catches the one-armed yeah. man. And there's a whole lot of, you know, story to it. And like I said, I'm a dopey, yeah. I'm a oh. geeky fan with it. You know? <laughs> uh, but that was like the most, when he catches the one-armed man at the time, I think it may be the third most watched TV show now. Uh, wow. la- Mash the Last Goodbye, mm-hmm. most watched show. And every Super Bowl, <laughs> most watched show. Jersey Radio. 1.5, Steve Trevelis. Uh, DeMar Hamlin resuscitated twice, says his uncle, but ventilator usage down is a good sign. Uh, Dorian Green, Hamlin's uncle, told CNN Reporter on site Tuesday night that Hamlin was resuscitated twice, once on the field, once at the hospital. He also said Hamlin has lung damage, but called it a good sign that Hamlin is breathing only using 50% of a ventilator down from 100%. According to a uh, Syracuse.com report, he's fighting. Jordan Rooney, Hamlin's friend and marketing representative, said during a Good Morning America appearance, he's a fighter. This is from uh, the New York Post. So, what else we got, Ryan? Wow. All right. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a headlines and trev lines if we didn't see what Florida Man was doing. And so, ah, what is Florida Man doing? So Florida Man and Florida Woman are... Um, uh, so a Florida Man and Woman were arrested after one of them made a 911 call to get help with moving their belongings from a home that they were burglarizing, authorities say. What? So uh, deputies responded to a home on Saturday after a 911 call was made, but nobody spoke, uh, the Polk County Sheriff's Office said. And, and when they got to the home, uh, they concluded that nobody had uh, lived there, uh, but they found a male suspect and his girlfriend inside the home Get after out. entering it through an unlocked door. And what did they do, call a mover? So uh, while they were talking to the deputies, uh, the female suspect told them that she had called 911 for the purpose of having law enforcement help them move the belongings from the house that they were burglarizing. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's hard to try. They also wanted a ride to the airport so that they could spend the weekend in New York, the sheriff's office says. Okay. Again, nice work if you can get it. Yeah. Uh, And... uh, there's a little quote that they put on Facebook. It says, the deputies did help them with their belongings, and they did give them a ride. But it wasn't to the airport. It was to the Poke Pokey. The Poke Pokey. The po- <laughs> was that Polk County Pokey? Yeah. The Poke Pokey? Poke Pokey. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Where they have Poke Salad. Exactly. That was the song. A Poke Salad song. You ever heard of Poke Salad? I have not. Poke Salad Annie. What is Poke Salad? Poke Salad. I don't know. It's a, some kind of a salad that they that they, they make down <laughs> in the South. And Elvis sang a song called Poke Salad Annie. And I forget who else sang Polk Salad Annie, but it was a song. It was a song. 
Um, I wonder if we have it. Hold on. Keep keep talking. I'll see all right. Uh, in Los Angeles. I doubt that we do. I mean, yeah, in the extensive music library that is. <laughs> I don't see Eric Potts on the weekends. But there's Poke Salad Andy. <laughs> you know, big Joe, you know. A Poke Salad joke and then Poke Salad Andy. Let's say. Oh, it's a salad joke. I don't know if you'd hear it from Big Joe. Yeah, Big Joe's not making salad jokes. <laughs> um, what's it called? Uh, so it has some hand sanitizer, and a lot of it caught fire in Los Angeles. Uh, they thought it was a dumpster fire. Uh, they responded to this call on Monday afternoon mm -hmm. uh, after there was some smoke coming up from a downtown parking lot uh, in L.A., uh, but when they went there, they found that it was actually just multiple pallets of hand sanitizer that was on fire. How the hell did the hand sanitizer catch you? Well, so hand sanitizer, a big uh, ingredient in it is alcohol. And so uh, a fun trick, I don't know if you ever did this when you were a kid, is what you do is you cover your hand in hand sanitizer. Don't try this at home. This is disclaimer. <laughs> don't try this at home. Yeah, I, don't I, try this I, at Don't home. listen to the man on the radio. Uh -huh. um, you Kids cover your hand in hand sanitizer, and then, right. uh, it, it, once again, really don't do this. Uh, you light it on fire, and it burns the hand sanitizer first because, once again, a major component of hand sanitizer is alcohol. So it'll uh -huh. burn that without burning your hand. If you're okay. smart. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold um, on. I got. I got to give you this. I got to give you this. Hold <laughs> on. Let's see if this works here. Hold on. There we go. This is this is called poke salad, Andy. Okay. This Elvis looking into the camera, just smiling because that's what he did when he was Elvis. This is before Elvis. You looking at it back now? There we go. This is thin Elvis. Okay. This is called poke salad, Andy. Elvis was the first guy to play Vegas, or nobody else would play Vegas. Do, do you hear it? Now they're all playing. Some of y'all never been down south I don't hear too anything. much. Hey, listen, you don't, don't hear, hear it. Story, I don't hear anything. So you'll understand what I'm talking about. There you go. Down there, we have a plant that grows out in the woods and the fields, and it looks something like a turnip green. And everybody calls it poke salad. And that's poke salad. That's Elvis doing his Elvis moves the over king. Poke Salad. <laughs> That's why he was the king. <laughs> Elvis grunting over the Poke Salad. I really hope people over the air can hear this. It's not coming anyway, through my head. Anyway, there's no girl over down there. You gotta play when you connect them. <laughs> Should go out and eat us and pick a mess up. There you go. Carry it home and cook it for supper. Just about all they had to eat. But they did all right. Down in Louisiana, where the alligators grow so mean, lived a girl that I swear to the world made the alligators look pink. Oh, Saturday, you got your here. Everybody said it was a shame, cause her mama was a working on the chain gang. All right, there we go. Another great job. Talk to you tomorrow night. Bill Spadia. This has been the Steve Travelli Show On Demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.